Uh, what did you ask me before? <laughs> <laughs> if your fez hat uh, has any meaning, like, or are you just wearing it to be cool? I'm wearing it to be cool. No, no. Um, well, you know, according to Robert Seffer, it's got esoteric meaning. But um, no, yeah. I mean, it's got. I always, for some reason, I always liked the uh, the fez um, aesthetic, if you will. I kind of think mm. there's something. Um, there's something ancient to it, you know. There's something ancient. Uh, well, th there's something meaningful to it, I guess. Um, there is something meaningful to yeah, it. Yeah, I, I kind of know. Well, maybe. Um, <laughs> I kind of no. do. You kind of what? What'd you say? I I kind of do know what it means. At least I think, because I don't. I don't know if we should get into it though. But what were you gonna say about Robert Suffer? No, no, he had this video about the Fez, about like this uh, hidden uh, esoteric, uh, like oh, meaning, like into the dervishes, one. and you know, yeah, I mean, very Indo content going on. Um, no, but I, I oh. always like the Fez, but people think I look kind of um, Eastern Orthodox in it, which is also an added like we kind of do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I always I, liked I it. I don't know why I liked it. Yeah. Oh, you think it's cool? That's very nice. Thanks. I do. Yeah. I actually think it like completes your look. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, there you go. There you go. I have confirmation from an actual woman that says it completes my look. So there yeah. you go. That is, that Stamp of approval. Is. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, I know it's just like, I mean, I know it's a gimmick, but like it's, I do wear it outside sometimes. So it's not totally um you do it's not well yeah yeah it's good, get, it's a good winter hat do you get compliments like when you're out sometimes, sometimes. Oh. Yeah. yeah cool and yeah. and so you've got the rosary on too oh yeah oh yeah. so yeah you kind of have like a priestly look in a way yeah yeah i mean might as might as well might as well <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it's funny it's <laughs> yeah i kind of do maybe kind of maybe no, I, I thought about I thought about converting to Eastern Orthodoxy, but then I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm actually uh, Orthodox. I, I was baptized. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Romanian. There yeah. you go. Yeah. 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 Well, I I thought about it like long and hard, but then, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the the thing is like being a you know being Italian like Catholicism's like a it's like a genetic religion if that makes sense. It it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, you know, I'm oh, open you know to that. Open. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I the only thing is that the Catholic Church currently, you know, like we talked about before, uh, has issues. Obviously, everybody knows that. But you know, the roots seem to be good. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I think I think that's like that's come up recently. Um, it seems to be like. There's this. I, I'm. I, I. I'm gonna have someone on who's like, more or less close to VAP. I noticed that there is this like, war brewing right now, between like the religious trads and like the um, what would you call them? Like the the more like secular far right, like the the vitalists. I noticed there's like some, like, like it seems that people are more open up, uh, open with going after each other now on Twitter yeah. at least. But then, I mean. So, so I wonder, like, yeah, that's probably, that's the topic of exploration, but, um, 
But anyways, uh, how have you been actually? Been all right? Good. Yeah. yeah. I'm just busy. Uh, the summer, the summertime is always my busiest time, believe it or not. Really? Eh? Yeah. Cause you know, family comes and it's just, yeah. 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 It, it, it's great. I like it, but it, it's also kind of a mess. What about you? Yeah. 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 Summer is usually like interesting. Um, it's usually busy. I mean, content wise, because everyone's like available. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. I guess when you work for yourself, everything's like a blurb after. <laughs> like yeah. the yeah. seasons just drift into each other. They do. But, um, yeah. 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 But no, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's summer. Summer's always like this weird, um, like like this weird uh, sentiment. Like it's it's got like a very. I guess by per for its purpose, it has like a very Dionysian sort of like. It's temporary. It's here. It's you know party mm -hmm. time, and yeah. it, it's like uh, yeah. It's always it's always very interesting to um, approach it like as a quote unquote content creator um, yeah. from that perspective. Um, but you look ravishing today, by the way. Gibbs. Oh, thank you. You, look, you have you have the nice the nice like uh, almost like Sailor Moon type of <laughs> a, I girl. Do? You should you should wear the Dasha Sailor Moon. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm like, you, see, I totally. No, no, it's it's got the. Oh, sorry, it's the maid, not the schoolgirl. It's got the maid. the maid ask. Uh, oh. See, I totally ruined your point about women not objectifying <laughs> themselves in like these online right wing spaces by objectifying you right now. See well, what I did, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very clever that way. Um, but hold on. But hold on. I do think. <laughs> I do think it's important for women to be beautiful and look nice and yeah presentable yeah. and that's actually something that i think a lot of people don't really put an effort into anymore yeah. and that's a bad yeah. thing so yeah. i don't think caring about aesthetics is a bad thing but just like if that's your main thing that you're doing and and especially the push-up bra and there's it i feel like it's a little different i don't know because like, i i have to look nice you know and i obviously uh have my own vision of what looks nice so right. and, I, and i and i don't like modern uh clothing really mm. uh, i'm not mm. really into that type of thing so yeah my you know i i do look i don't think i look eccentric but i look i think i dress differently than other people you look I, I don't think it's sailor well. moon <laughs> untimely yeah. i don't think it's sailor moon though no, 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 no. I mean, if you really wanted to play up the anime cosplay, like feeding into the Sims, like I remember Lauren Southern used to have um, the like pajama pants with anime girls on it. She had and, that. Yeah, she posted pictures of it, and with her like little hedgehog, and it's like you know what she's doing. You know. Yeah, what she's of doing. course, of course, yeah. of course, and even yeah. like. Uh, for example, you know, like I, I like cars. I don't like the mechanics of cars. Like I don't, I'm a girl, so I don't get that stuff, but I like them. <laughs> like they're very beautiful. So you I, so I get, it, like I'm a girl. I don't get that stuff. It, but it's true. I'm not, I don't You're not like interest. a tomboy. You're not going to like go under the hood, no, you know? No, yeah. no, I, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not, I would be LARPing if I said that I was interested right, in right, cars. Right, right. It's aesthetic. It's very, they're very beautiful. Uh, but um, where they can be, but yeah, there. Like I even hesitate to like if I had a really nice car, like a like mm. a beautiful car, to post a picture with myself in front of it, or like 
like in it, you know? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that whole thing in general, like posting a picture of yourself, you're you're always trying to communicate something, you know, mm. anyhow. Mm. So it's 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 it I'm aware of these things, you know, you're aware of these things. And and someone like Lauren Southern might not realize we're aware of these things and that like it it can be kind of cringy. So yeah, it I guess my point is uh, I, I am aware of these things and I, I do kind of worry about them and maybe, yeah. maybe worry about them a little too much, but yeah, I mean, I have to, you know, be myself. That is hard because yeah. as a girl in, in a right wing kind of space, uh, I don't know, you know, that everybody's criticizing you like a, a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. On these things. Obviously. Rightfully so. And that's fine. No, no, not rightfully so. I th well, okay. Yeah, I rightfully think, so. I think. Rightfully so, yes, in the extent that, I mean, there's a variety of reasons why predominantly male spaces, especially in the political right, why they police. Um, and, you know, my friend Catherine gets this a lot, unfortunately. Um, I mean, they, it's almost like every week someone calls her a fed. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I know, I know. There's some Where stupid... <laughs> Maybe. I don't know oh. <laughs> her. I have no idea who she is. So, you don't know default friend? No, I think you told me about Catherine. I think we Catherine D. Me. Yeah, default friend. Yeah. Yeah, I need to. Okay. You'd like her writings a lot, I think. You'd. I think you'd. You two would jive together. Um, no, but like I, I, I think like there's, <laughs> there's a reason why though. Like there's, um, like there's a sort of like why the self policing happens. It's because, mm -hmm. well, first of all, we've been burned in the past by, you know, not to say Lauren Seller specifically, but like mm -hmm. there has been some like very crazy e-girls who have uh, infiltrated the right wing and have spread people's uh, doxes and, have you know, but because you guys fall for it. Okay. You yeah, guys can't put it all on us because you guys give into it. And that was true, the point of true. me mentioning that thing with Lauren Southern, because for me, I looked, I looked at the situation. I was like, okay, she's a libertarian girl with a push of bra kind of look. And to me, it was obvious. Like, yeah. I could tell, I could tell what she's doing, but my, my friend, a very intelligent person couldn't see the problem with this. So mm -hmm. every, every guy's got their thing that can, you know, <laughs> reel them in and, and you guys yeah. let it happen. So you can complain. And you can criticize, and I think we should. But at the same time, they do it for a reason. Like yeah, he's doing true. it because you guys fall for it. So yeah, this is very true. I hate yeah. to say it. I mean, it's yeah. very Longhouse, ironically enough. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I think that um, yeah, it's true. We fall for it, and and I think mm. that um, when she was talking about like sort of the creepier like sexual advances of certain people in the quote unquote movement, even saying movement is like, makes me want to take a shower. Right. <laughs> um, but like, you know, like, but, but I think that, and of course her big critique was that people were accusing her of like sleeping with people for content. That was a big meme. Um, that, and, and like, she didn't have like, you know, a woman on the right wing, they can't have original content. They have to, um, basically fuel and, and in like feed off of the, uh, the, the intellect and the um, capacity to generate concepts for men, which yes. I mean, somewhat is true, like not with everyone, but it I is. think like there has been certain right wing e girls who like, when you put a pretty face upon like, 
in front of a talking point and, and you like, um, and you market it, like you could go, you could go to the moon, right? Like yeah, that's why Fox News, like they, what they have yeah. is, is the, the camera pan way out so that you can see their legs and their, you know, yeah. blonde and they all yeah. kind of look the same and, and that, yeah, it works. That was the Roger Ailes. Roger Ailes tricked a generation of boomers into liking the women that he likes. <laughs> oh, not, I wasn't yeah. aware of that. Is like he the, is he like a producer of uh, Fox? Or something? He he ran Fox News. I think he's dead now. Yeah. Oh. Um. Okay. But yeah, he he was um, he was the one that put like the Fox News aesthetic woman, like mm. the Laura Ingram look, to the <laughs> to the front. But I think like you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Because today um, today today okay. So I was finishing up watching this documentary. I might write something about it in my article series on the E Write. But I was watching again. I was rewatching your video on um, what was it? Oh God, it was the um, it was the one where you were uh, you were talking about like drag time story hour, and you're like, yeah. but but the way you were saying it, the way that you were like presenting it was like, um, wow, I can't believe they're normalizing all this degeneracy and. There's all this, like, like the way you did it, it's so blasé, like you're just like this innocent little girl. Like, I think in some ways you were critiquing the right-wing e-girl who parrots talking points about, well, look at all this degeneracy. And I, you know, I just want to, you know, have have 10 children and, and bake, you know, bake, uh, you know, pies with the spinny wheel on yeah. it. And, you know, like, I yeah. thought that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Oh, what you, you were doing. Um, and the way, and of course, like the music, the, you know what your, you know what your ambient track reminds me of when you used to have the computer was, um, have, do you know what Dilbert one, not Dilbert one, do you know what, oh, there was a Dilbert one. Do you know what Dilbert two and Dilbert three is by Chef Boyer D? No. You've never heard of okay, <laughs> What so, is So C Boyer D used to be this like OG animator who did these videos in MS Paint and the famous ones were Dilbert 2 and Dilbert 3, where there were like these absolutely horrendous like characters where Dilbert just goes insane. And you should watch, I'll send it to you. It's amazing. Yeah, um, send it yeah and uh so the music in the background was kind of like that same, like uh how should I put it? Very like monotonous, but like almost on edge, like almost mm -hmm. like kind of like chip like certain chip tunes and certain levels of video games like it's got like I, I think Dilbert 2 actually used like a chip tune from I forget which exact video game uh but it's like it's got the same vibe to it like the dun 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 like it's like everything oh how how can I even put it there's a sort of um there's a sort of like um unconsciousness to the character that you portray Mm -hmm. and there's sort of like you're a babe in the woods but things are going nuts but like you don't realize things are going nuts until later and you're just sort of like going into it like the way that the computer is just like basically the voice of power like the voice of the regime but you don't even realize it of course well until your more recent video where you sort yeah. of uh, get rid of the the, the computer i'm so, trying to piece it together yeah 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 um <laughs> no but i think it's brilliant like the, the way that because at first glance, I think when it comes to a lot of your videos, I think like people would think, 
oh, well, this is more of a creative way to get at what you were saying, people that just comment on the news. But mm -hmm. there's something more, though. There's It's almost like there's a critique of the way in which we portray, like, okay, this is the latest horrible thing happening in the modern world or whatever. And I think, like, you're very effective at doing that. You're very effective at sort of, like, highlighting issues in a different manner than just people that spit like you know podcasts and talk about the news all day but also you're critiquing that element of this is just like doom you know this is doom pornography this is like in itself this is a way that we cope by being like well this is what's happening in the modern world today and it's like i don't know maybe that's just me reading into it no no maybe that's just reselling it but you know no that's exactly it and that's actually uh one of the reasons why I did things the way that I did. Uh, uh, I could see the way that, it's especially girls going back to your original point, mm. uh, and, and most people in the community, uh, even guys, they, you know, uh, they everyone's just kind of doing the same thing. And yeah. what's the point of doing that? And I was told by somebody in, in the community, uh, that um, has a bigger YouTube channel that I should, you know, just kind of be like one of those uh, Lauren Southern types. And then I would do oh, really no. well. Oh, and no. I said, oh, no, I, I said, I said, no, I want to do my creative thing. And, and I want to oh. try to <laughs> add something bigger. Cause like I said, the, that type of attention is not interesting to me. So, so yeah. And the way that you describe things, that is what I'm trying to do. And I think it's cool that you're able to pick up on it. Because I think a lot of people don't know what's going on. But there is there is more. Uh, and yeah, it is kind of a goof. Because, you know, like, my character is is somewhat of a meme. Uh, like, yeah. like yeah. Uh, uh, there's a really great video by, um, uh, what's his name? Now I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, Sam Hyde, and he's ta he's talking about the 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 e girl or not the e girl the um this perfect like nineteen fifties like trad house trad girl yeah. yeah yeah and, and it's it's it, it, it's stupid and I've noticed people people will do this they'll they'll pick up on something and then they'll say okay well now I'm uh, I'm 1950s girl and I make pies and stuff. And they like, there's like a template and then they're yeah. that template and they're not being themselves. They're not just being a real person. That's not good. You should never do that. And you should look out. He, he was saying, watch out for people who do that. In fact, you know, that 1950s like tribe girl could actually be more dangerous than, you know, she could actually like be gathering docs information <laughs> and releasing it to people for her own benefit. And, and then she, it turns out you're not an epic step warrior bodybuilder, but, um, well, did she do that. Are you, there's, there's been a few instances of this that's, that's happened. Um, on Twitter, there was this one instance, but I'm not going to get into it because mm -hmm. the guy is cool with me. And I think what happened to him was so screwed up. And I think like people making fun of him, like, I understand you walk into these situations. I mean, to tell you the truth, like, I'm actually surprised. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just that ugly. But, like, I'm surprised it hasn't happened to me where some e-girl just, like, pops in. No, no, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. There was this one woman who who, who did pop in my DMs. 
okay. who said that she was attracted to me, but it would never go anywhere because she's a damaged woman. And oh, this is a big long thing, but she's a cool, <laughs> she's cool. But like, I just, okay. it was a weird, why am I saying this? Why am I admitting this? <laughs> it was this weird intellectual thing. I think if I was another person that didn't view everything through this like theory cell brain, I probably would be like totally destroyed by this. And maybe I am, maybe oh. secretly am. But this mm-hmm. woman, and I know she's a woman, by the way. I've seen her account on Twitter. Um, she, She's like, we were talking. It, it became a conversation about, like, when you give someone information that by definition or is very difficult to actualize on, and you sort of play with someone's emotions that way by admitting your feelings to them, whether that is, like, a valid thing to do or whether that's something that should be left unsaid. And I think... It was a very interesting, like, experiment, right? But anyways, my point being is Wait, that... Wait, rephrase that? Say, that it, say that last part again. Oh. It was a very interesting experiment. Mm. Oh, no, the last part was, like, when you give someone information mm. that affects them on a very deep emotional level, especially when, ah. you know, you're, you're sort of, like, you know, typical, I think, like, lonely guy, you know, sort of left behind by the modern world for lack of a better term yeah i mean we all want to like have kids and stuff we can't be too rigid so right and and you you are going to communicate with people online there's nothing wrong with that but yeah obviously you know you could uh you know find somebody who's you know actually just they 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 just have bad intentions but it's not a bad thing in itself you know and there's no No, reason to be you know, upset at yourself for, you know, being I, I think, no, I, I think that it's, it's interesting because unfortunately a lot of, of guys, like, let's face it, let's face so a lot of neurodivergent guys who get conned into like basically having a parasocial relationship with like a semi-attractive woman on the internet. Mm-hmm. I think like, it's, it's very interesting how on the one end, we make fun of it viciously and we think that it's terrible and you're a simp and all that. Yeah. But on the other end, I think that it's entirely reasonable that when you do have that level of female attention for like once, sometimes like, you know, once in your life ever, then it's like, maybe I'm just telling on myself, but like, uh, you know, maybe there's something to it where yes, it's despicable, it's horrible. But then in the other end, it's like, it's going back to the thing what Satra said about the victim and the perpetrator blended into each other. It's like the e-girl herself also experiences a loss and an inability to feel, um, integrate certain levels of emotion. And so mm-hmm. I don't fault any woman doing this sort of like Black Widow type of thing. I do fault them, but, you know, yeah, I think I'm much more reasonable than a lot of other right-wing people on Twitter. Uh, but I, yeah. I think, where am I getting with this? As much as people have talked about, like, you know, oh, gee, was a simp and all that, I have managed to avoid, like, the, you know, e-girl popping into my DMs wanting to develop a uh, simp uh, parasocial relationship. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I just haven't tried hard enough. But, like, uh, I, I don't know why, for as much as people call me a simp, and by the way, I'm not ass-blasted about it. I, I think it's funny. Um, there is something that Jorge of the West, uh, he said this on Twitter once, he said that sometimes you simp so hard that you go back to like this ancient picture of romantic love. And I think, I truly think that there is this platonic um, ideal going on that when you simp so hard, you go back to the genuine thing. And I, I think that's, you know, 
Maybe that's what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah, yeah, it wraps around. Yeah, I know what yeah. you're getting. I know what you're getting, <laughs> what you're getting at. Uh, it's, it's hard because uh, like everyone is reacting to something uh, yeah. culturally that's happening and, because women are taking advantage of, of men and also like the political situation isn't good uh, revolving around women. So I, I get the impulse, but I still feel that I don't feel like you have, from what I've seen, um, I, I don't, I wouldn't say you're a simp. I think you're just, uh, you're a bigger picture person. Uh, I think a lot of people, like I said, yeah, they, well, well, yeah, you're a bigger picture person. And so you can see things in the long run, how, how they'll end up going, I, I think. And so can I. And so in the immediate, I think a lot of people get caught up in, the negativity and and want to react uh you know they, they they're kind of flinching i i think when it comes to women and i get that i understand why they're flinching and so right it's, you know they exactly. want to call somebody a simp and, and that's fine you know i get it we need to bash people for for being simps that's like almost worse than what the women are doing honestly but yeah. in your case it, you're very aware of the dynamics and i mean it, it, at this point at this point People are, 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 it's almost like if you're being polite to women, if you're being right. nice to women, if you're not treating women, you know, like trash in this community, that people will think that you're a simp. It, exactly. Obviously there's something wrong with that. You know, we have to draw a line some, somewhere. So I don't think you're like that. I don't think you're like simping. I don't no. think so. I've only given money to one woman. Uh-oh. Uh, I, maybe I take, maybe I take. No, no, I'm kidding. No, what was, no, the, I, what I've was only, the situation? No, no, the situation is I actually pay for my friend Yana's podcast, Hate Fiction, which, by the way, amazing podcast. Well, that, that might be fine. Yeah. If it's legit yeah. good content, it's amazing. You'd love, you'd love it, actually. It's amazing. Because, like, the thing is, um, that's why I think I liked, uh, that's why I got into, like, I became friends with Catherine. I think that a lot of like women who hover around the E-right who are more or less serious rather than trying to cultivate an army of simps. I mm. think that uh, it's very interesting to look at that perspective because we talk about like the millennial and the Zoomer man, but the perspective of like the millennial and Zoomer woman who's growing up online is much needed. And this is why I support yeah. hate fiction and I'll have Gianna on one day because amazing podcast, amazing guest. Um, uh, there was one really great episode of my friend, my friend name is impossible princess on Twitter. And there are two actually amazing episodes. And uh, they talk about like a lot of the similar stuff that I think we we're into, like a lot of the early internet aesthetics and the sort of the, the sort of um, really the, the aesthetic that crafts a lot of the e-girl and what the e-girl means. And uh, I think like um, there, there is something about, our connection to like the sort of halcyon days of the internet and a sort of like lost futures thing and why we love this aesthetic. So, but anyways, that's just, the, mm -hmm. we'll get to that top. We'll get to that top because we didn't okay. get to that. Topic. But about the e-girl, I think the e-girl um, it's, it's something like that me and crooner talked about where on, on the one end, yes, it's like, okay, there's this very mercenary type of thing of like garnering attention from lonely men in the internet. Yeah. But also, I think that when it comes to 
like fulfilling a role, an archetype, a sort of motivating force that the e-girl represents. The e-girl, the essence of the e-girl is filled by the, not just the male gaze, but also the fantasy, the sort of archetypal content of the man, of, of the sort of particular type of, of men that inhabit the internet. And, you know, and I think that there, there's something that is very interesting in that relationship. There's something that goes both ways in a way. And, but then the problem is like, in, you know, he has experience where he actually dated an e-girl that he, that, that followed him online. And it was almost like the relationship they moved in together. And, and this is all in content minded episode, episode two, episode two of content minded, um, where it was almost as if they were playing a role together while they were living. Okay. In oh, in real life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was almost like a live action role play 24 <laughs> seven, <laughs> where she would like play the character of the like doting to Sindiri, uh, you know, like e-girl. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Well, I have a question. Yeah, uh, well, a question, but like a point too. Right I uh, well, the the <laughs> biggest problem that I have with uh, like our culture right now is is fakeness. That's like one of the main yeah, things. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And and it's yeah, fakeness is the biggest thing, and people people will act like everyone is like an actor. Mm. That's what it, that's that's what it feels like. You, you can't just be yourself, but then there is a, I guess everybody's kind of acting in a way, like, like even, even if, even if you're being genuine, because if you want to be a part of a group, you have to, you, you will unconsciously notice the things that everybody's doing. And then, you know, you want to reciprocate or else yeah. the group won't allow you in. So being genuine and being fake and all that stuff, I, I, I don't know if we can't not be actors to a certain extent. Uh, can somebody really be like genuine? And what does that mean? I, I, I think maybe my answer would be that if you're getting your influence from something higher, that that is probably what being genuine is. That That's how you know that that you're being genuine when, when you're only looking at your peers for your inspiration for who you are, then you're going to end up with all of these, you know, like the e-girl and all that stuff. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? Do you think that we're all just actors and there's nothing we can do? Or do you think that you can truly be genuine and not be fake? I, with who oh. you are? Does that make sense? I hope that no, makes it makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. I think that, um, I've, I've struggled with this question for a long time and I've actually like written about it and talked about it. Um, oh, I cool. think that we have to enter a period of sincerity, not like the new sincerity garbage of like, you know, like a lot of these libs on online, like they'll talk about like, you know, metamodernism or whatever. But I think that there has to be a level of sincerity because I think that in terms of like what we're doing online, we're entering from, we're going from a stage of adolescence to a stage of maturity. And like the break from 2016 was a good in indicator of that. And I think that yeah. when it comes to playing a role, I mean, obviously there's the classic, um, what did, what did uh, our Todd call it? The, was it our Todd? Or was the, he wrote the, was it our Todd that wrote about the book on mimesis? Yeah. 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 About the double bind where in the mimetic chain, you, are well, sorry, Gerard talked, Gerard talked about this and, and Artad, where you are mimicking 
the in-group, the in-group is mimicking you, and there is a sequence of doubling of this mimetic chain that happens naturally. Mm. And, you know, to bring, like, again, Lauren Southern's documentary, it seems that when you were, like, these grifters at the very top, they were subject to the same forces of mimesis and in-group, out-group, like, very Schmidtian type of thing, right? And, like, you know, you have to put your, you know, you have to put your dues in, and I think, like, the problem is a lot of these online spaces, let's face it, they're, like, outlaw mud shows, as they say in wrestling, right? It's, like, the competition to the mainstream. It's, like, the, like, you know, janky, like, barely functional outlaw mud show type of a, a spectacle. Yeah, and therefore, Yeah, and so the incentives to, like, the incentives to cut and run are great. Like, the incentives to... um the barriers to entry are great and numerous. The consequences and risks are numerous. And the reward is like very few. And the reward is like very small. And the reward and like, is, yeah, unless you get to like a good position, right? Yeah. Um, but you asked about like, can there be a space of authenticity in being yourself? Like, I mean, I like to think that I'm trying to be like myself, but I know that like inevitably the way that people interpret you and the way that like just by being someone who produces something whatever that is by that very nature that develops a parasociality where people you're not in charge of the way people perceive you always right and, right. and this is even more evident in the internet age but i think that there are a few people who can rise above the level of just mimicry and who can truly like create themselves and, and create a persona that is original and, and there are people that just by sheer will of not caring about the consequences of certain things that are willing to sort of craft a space for themselves. And like, I mean, my friend Paul town, for instance, is like one of these people. And I think that there, the, the problem is the vast majority of people, it's very comfortable to just like not create something, but to follow something. And it's right? easy. It's really easy to do. And to yeah. me, it's, uh, it's offensive. <laughs> like I, 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 Roger Scruton actually has uh, a, a great, a bit about how originality, you know, that that's been that concept has been taken too far because yeah. you know, but like novelty and stuff like that in art and in culture, and that's yeah. a bad thing. But at the same time, yeah, the mimicry that goes on, what I, I can see what somebody's doing, and to me, if they if somebody hams it up a little too much, and they're um, there's no originality there. I mean, everybody's kind of bothered by this, but I'm like really aware of it. Like, I'm really, I'm probably a little too in tune with it. But yeah, it really bothers me. It's really important, in my opinion, to be original and yeah. to be yourself. Yeah. That's that's something I really value. Uh, I forget where I was going with that point. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, I think that, yeah, it's true. Um, in, in a sense about originality um th there is something to be said about how originality becomes a gimmick and it becomes something that's yeah. worshipped and i mean a lot of our enemies like they also have this like pretense to worshiping the new and i think like that's a big problem yeah. but i think like you can't um you can be original in the sense that the way you go about already existing things is different or it's rather it's authentic to who you are rather yeah. than 
Yeah, rather than something that is like I'm creating something wholly original because, like you know, let's face it, everything you can't, you can't really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a new arrangement by you're taking influence, you know, which goes right. back to the original like question slash point. It, it's kind of hard to not be influenced by something, other people or whatever. That's just a given, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's hard to like avoid um, a lot of like the petty conflicts that goes on. And a lot of like horse trading between people and it's like i don't like this person you shouldn't talk to them i don't like this group of people and it's just like, yeah it's it's like um oh man but then there's another aspect where people that do um how should i put it there are certain targets that are pretty much universally hated by a lot of people and and it's it becomes very hard to like defend them and it's very easy to like go along with the crowd but it always becomes in my mind a wager of like is this person what they're doing worthy of critique or it's not or people are just like this is the latest lol cow that we're tipping today it's like yeah in the, in the beginning of those cycles it's very fun it's very you know Oh my God, you hear what's happening? Like it's mm -hmm. even today with its documentary, it's like, do you hear what's happening? Oh my God. But then you start to like, and well, I mean, in this case, it's different because obviously the people that Lauren Southern's critiquing, I mean, there, a lot of them are scum, but like, mm. <laughs> but it, with other people though, it's like, okay, we're tipping the cow right now. But, and, and there's yeah. sort of like a ritual around the group dynamic of like, okay, we're critiquing this person because they messed up and like they they're cringe or whatever. But then after a while, I think that this becomes like a, a cycle that you must fuel. And, and then it, it, it's really like the dynamic, the ecology, the ecological arrangement in these online ecosystems is such that when you predicate worth on like this drama and tipping cows and, and, you know, milking the Jule, right. Then it's, yeah. then it's like, like that's what happened to IBS. It had to feed itself. It had to just like the sugar had to go into the yeast all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and there's still people that linger on and persist and they will never claw their way out of that legacy of that very small window in which they were relevant to like a huge number of people. Mm -hmm. And this always goes in cycles. And I think that people don't realize it goes in cycles. Well, yeah. Uh, if you study mm -hmm. musicians, and you look at their careers, they they don't have more than normally like a five year span where where they'll be relevant. And yeah. um, it, it's it's interesting that they what they try to do obviously they want to go for longevity, but it rarely ever works out. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I you know it, it, because there's a cycle you know, and especially now. Uh, things move so quickly, obviously, because of, of the internet and everything like that. But I don't even know if it's necessary that somebody sticks around forever. You know, mm. uh, I think very few people should stick around. There are people who are genuine and, and, and really, truly contributing. And those people end up sticking around like Roger Scruton, that he's never really going to fade out, you know, right. as, as an example that or, or Nietzsche or something, I mean, you know, as far as online people are concerned, I, I, I can't really think of anybody off, off the top of my head, but 
most people I think have to disappear. Like they, yeah. well, we should definitely talk about uh, the, the uh, futurist mm. thing that's going on. Uh, I, I, you know, it's kind of unrelated, but kind of related because I've noticed that that's like a thing that's happening and it's really trendy and cool. And it's, it's, it's kind of like you have the, you have the trads and, and, and now there's like this new group of people, which you seem to be associated to. That's kind of like, like rising up and they're like, no, we're not, we're not going to be like that. But what, I don't know what's going on with you guys. So. Well, yeah, it's, I don't think there's like a movement. I think that there is. Um, but there's a trend. There is definitely, yeah. I have noticed a trend. So yeah, I don't know if this is the right time, but I kind of feel like, like I really want to know what you think about that whole thing. No, no I think it's a positive deal. I mean, I'll, I, I think like with any group, there's people that, um, I mean, <laughs> there are certain people that I think, uh, well, you know, I mean, there are certain fans of the Austrian painter who are more, like you could say, secular um, and more well, the like Austrian painter. Oh, okay, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're <laughs> like the sort of the vitalist, um, racist animate people. But I think that, that don't have like <laughs> that don't have as much of a reverence for like tradition or Christianity or like I I think like yeah. but but then like I mean what me and Fen and others are doing that's I think different as well. I think like. And I think I, I, yeah. I think what I'm doing is different too, and I don't quite fit in to either of those groups. Uh, but I, I kind of make more sense with with you and and Fen, even though I have some disagreements. Uh, but yeah, continue. No, no, no. But yeah, I wanted to talk about like what you're doing. But yeah, I think that there, I, th I think that there is a growing you know number of people, like people that have written for I'm 1776, and and uh, like what we're doing, what we were doing a passage where. Mm -hmm there's this recognition that you have to break free of just merely aesthetic posting and, and this yes. sort of like trad LARPing that goes on. And I think that it's very difficult for a lot of people because I understand like there is a reverence for the greatness of the past. And there's a sense that it's either impossible or it's very, it's very hard and very improbable to like sort of replicate the conditions by which those great works of art arose. Mm. But then the response shouldn't be paralysis because really, when you think about it, just being an aesthetic poster in, uh, is paralysis in a way. Yeah. I couldn't it's, agree more. Right. Like it's, yeah. it's the inability to recognize that there has to be a way going forward that you can take a lot of those styles and lessons and, and, and uh, ideas and inspiration and the sort of the metaphysics that have created those works of art of the past, but you need to do something not entirely original, but at least something authentic, at least something that, yeah. you know, is, is present to not present to our moment. That's something that can transcend the moment, but is, but speaks to us as well. You, if you want things to move forward, you need to refurbish ideas. Like, like if there's a, um, you can't take something from the past and just put that in front of people and have that be, Oh, we're, well, we're doing this now. And now everybody's going to be with traditionalism and fine with it. And, and everything will go back to the way it was. It doesn't work like that. You have to, you have to take 
like you said, take things, you just have to refurbish these ideas so that they make sense within the context that we're currently living in. That's really important to do. So uh, that's why I don't, I don't really like what they're doing, though I get it because, you know, um, if, if I remember correctly in art school, uh, in our history class, one of the things that kicked off the Renaissance was uh, finding old texts of, you know, like... Right, yeah. Uh, Neo-Hellenism, yeah. Yeah, but also it was the statues that they found. And, and like I said before when we had talked, the physiognomy is an important aspect of things because you look at these statues and you see, oh, this is us. So, so, and that is a problem that we're currently facing. So to their credit, to the traditionalists that are, seem kind of cringy and unoriginal in what they do. Again, that, that is an important thing that we like read right. back to our past. Yeah. And that part is fantastic, but, yeah. but, but they do, they do, these people do have a tendency to kind of push uh, people who are trying to actually do something creative they kind of push them to the sideline oh that's not traditional we're not doing that and that's what's wrong so yeah. anyhow yeah yeah and i think like the the problem is like we talked about this before about like the industry that's like been created to like accommodate like people going to ateliers and the art renewal center and like classical realism like that's like ugh, ugh. like a lot of that stuff is very like i don't know not appealing like it's just some of it's good but a lot of it like is they're just going through the motions in terms of technique rather than content yeah Re like the form rather than like what's that distinction content form or um what's it called style and form i forget anyways yeah it's all form driven it's all like the sort of technique that's the technique of it but a lot of them they're just they approach art as like an artisan craft rather than like the work of art so well, then then you get into yeah. this issue of uh you know a taboo kind of in in art school or when when you're an artist is uh you know like like making pots or making jewelry and stuff like mm. that because that's purely in the craft section. So I right. see what you're saying. And it is kind of associated to, to that, which is one of the reasons why when I was in art school and I was pursuing that path, I decided, you know what? I think this is mostly skill-based and I want to do something more creative. Because at the time I, I had got, like I had told you, I had gotten really good at the technical end. But, you know, that only takes you so far. There's a whole right. other world of, you know, that's why you like the expressionist. And I like the expressionist too, to a certain point, though I do think that they were kind of damaging uh, to that generation of people, like with their messaging and stuff. But that's a different point. But yeah, creativity- Yeah, like a lot of them were like decadent bourgeois. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it was like, not it was nihilism and it was, oh, well, we have Freud now and, 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 or psychology, and that becomes an important thing. And, and I get it. There, there is an important transition that happened where you moved from, uh, you know, John Singer, uh, John, John Singer, Singer Sargent. Sargent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was one of my favorite painters. I wanted to emulate him. He's fantastic. More so technical and with a little bit of like, you know, impressionism It's really, his paintings are fantastic. Oh, yeah. Anyhow, he, um, he's kind of that, like, 
middle ground between photography, like photos of people, because yeah. in the past, the only way you could depict somebody was if you painted them, you know, or, or drew them. And so he's kind of this line between photography and, and, um, and uh, something more creative, but, but yeah, when you get to the expressionist and, and, you know, or you even get to like, like Picasso and people like that, they're reacting to the fact that now we have cameras. That's like a really mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. thing to keep in mind that, okay, well, we don't need to depict people uh, anymore. We don't need to have hyper-realistic paintings or sculptures because now, you know, we have photography to do that for us. So there's a lot of merit in, in just like totally immersing yourself into like the mind and and into like the spirit world and that's kind of what they were doing and that's cool. yeah yeah a lot of even the new york people were doing that like even before the new yeah. york people uh the jump off between that and the new york school was two factors well at least in my estimation one was the group of seven which as a canadian like that's you know very important to me live under the shadow of another would be like the northwestern school you know painters like morris graves and mark toby who were doing very explicit religious art um, and who later inspired a lot of the New York painters. But then of course, like the sort of influence from continental Europe, I mean, when Urshal Gorky came to New York, that was really big. And when a lot of other people, a lot of immigrants, um, not, not just, I mean, Urshal Gorky, but maybe, you know, not just like, you know, tribal members, but there were other ones. I mean, they, they came uh -huh. from, yeah. I mean, a lot of them were, a lot of them were Rosicrucians actually. They're, they're the real um, tribal members of the art world. Um, but <laughs> it's funny because before this, um, I'm actually watching a number for, for the stream tomorrow. I'm actually watching a, a number of Ryan Gosling films. Uh, me and Prunette. Yeah, you're telling me. Yeah, yeah, The Believer. Yeah. Um, so nothing what, are you, is, nothing what are you starting? What are you starting with? I think we're going to start with um, Lars and the Real Girl. Oh, I have not seen that one though. It, yeah, that one's great. That one's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we're gonna do Drive, and then The Believer. The Believer's got to be like. Have uh, you seen Drive? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Drive, yeah. But have you seen it? Like, have, oh yeah, like, yeah. Before? I saw it. The, yeah, okay. I saw it a while Drive's ago, great. but then I rewatched it. Yeah. Yeah, I re I rewatched it recently, and it was it was just as good as I, I remember it being. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, um, I Drive is interesting how that movie became like one of the Gosling, like he's just like me. Um, I, I think maybe because there's this great tweet by um, my good friend uh, Zanti, who, who runs the Mytho American account on Twitter. Um, he said about like Ryan Gosling is the archetype of the new male it, because he's like um, detached, neurodivergent, Quasi nihilistic, sacrificial, goes for an un, you know unconventionally attractive women, uh, and there's something about I think the the characters of Ryan Gosling that appeals to the millennial and Zoomer man in like middle North America. There's something about that, and then yeah, when he directed sure. you know and then he directed Lost River, which is like, Lost River deserves an episode on its own. Um. But anyways, what was, what was I getting with Ryan Gosling? Um, um, what were we talking about before that? Oh, about the 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 impressionists. Yeah, yeah. Um, ah. No, I mean a lot of it. A lot of it's just because. 
<laughs> a lot of it's because I campaign realism. Like, uh, just no, no. Uh, For real? Is that is that the reason? Jim? Oh, that's one of the reasons. I mean, I'm sure I, <laughs> I can create it a lot. I could get somewhat decent, but I mean, no. Listen, I, I I'm not like my friend Matthew, he, though, man. It, man. I, uh, I, it's um, yeah, it's hard to to draw very realistically, or you know, have like. Yeah, those t techniques down. But there are some simple tricks, and I, I actually had a friend uh, in a uh, a life drawing class that was terrible. Like they weren't they weren't like horrible, but they were not very good. And then I just gave them some simple tricks, like like tips, and they came back and they were like they were really good. So basically, the, the what, what what you want to do is uh, just just a quick tip. Uh, if you sit down and you just for like a month draw a bunch of uh like a, a bunch of the masters like you literally just copy them yeah but i'm always if you do that copying that because but it's hold, like, no 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 uh, no what you do is you do that for like a month like i did the whole sistine chapel ceiling in high school like i literally just copied it whoa and, and because my teacher told me my teacher told me that one of the things that, you know, it, I think he was saying it's like something that European tradition, like uh, uh, people who are learning how to draw, they'll, they'll copy masters like perfectly. Yeah. And then what, yeah. what that ends up doing later is when you actually want to make an art piece, you suddenly have like, it's almost like the mechanic skills like down. And I noticed that it actually worked. So if you, if you, if you want those skills, just spend like a month just drawing as perfectly as you can, you know, the Sistine Chapel ceiling, and then you'll be able to draw like Michelangelo. It's really cool. It actually works. Yeah, back in back in the uh, 18th century, it was 18th century. Or this, they they um, I think like on the weekends on the Louvre, the the students, the sort of the atelier students, they were able to like actually pick the paintings off the wall and like put chalk on them to like outline oh. and, and copy them as like practice yeah uh, so yeah. yeah that is a tradition i i don't like it i works. do yeah i do that sometimes um when it comes to like engraving when it comes to like either metal plate or plexiglass where i'll like with pen and ink i'll draw like i'll take for example cook who was the engraver for um turner who would like translate his paintings into engrave into plate engravings I'll like take like a hyper specific part of like the foliage. Mm -hmm. Cause like for some reason I'm always like bent out of shape of a foliage. So I'll like mm -hmm. copy the, his engraving technique with pen and ink. And it's like, I do notice like it, it but does. To be fair. But to yeah. be fair, not, not, I mean, to clarify, not like you put it on the paper and then trace over it. Like, no, no. I have, mean like I'm trying to intuit it. Yeah. 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 No, I don't believe does, in tracing. I don't believe in tracing. No, <laughs> tracing is a big no. No, you cannot yeah. trace. People like do it. Like even professional artists do it, but I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> no, no, that is definitely not okay. Well, I mean, printmaking, you could excuse it a little bit because it is difficult. Maybe. Because Maybe. like, yeah. yeah. But I try not to. I try not to. Um, I've, I even like printmaking. I don't do that. Do you, uh, do you, do you take any life drawing classes? Like go no, to like no. the studio and, oh, you should do that. I because 
that'll really, yeah. And if you can draw a face, by the way, if you can draw a face, you can draw anything. Yeah, I'm getting uh, a bit better yeah. at faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like here's here's a recent piece I did for a commission, a book cover, which is like, but it like you can't see because it's reverse, obviously with woodcut. Um, a guy wanted me yeah, sure. for his. He wanted a skull with like an uh, electric socket in the center, and I also did a nice decorative border for him too. So, oh. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's not. Uh, there you go. So, oh shit! <laughs> yeah. So, what are you using <laughs> to? Um, uh, uh, what are you using to? Because I've taken printmaking classes in college. What are you using to like actually do the print? Are you just using like like a roller, like pressing down on it with a book? Oh, or I. Where you have like a I machine? Have, I have like a, a little, um, a small like, uh, like like a small roll. Like, a, what do they call it? I can't believe I forgot the name. I have like one of those small etching presses um, for uh, cool, but, but for the, um, for the plates uh, for like plexiglass, ugh, plexiglass, plexiglass <laughs> and, and metal engraving uh, because I do quite a bit of wood engraving. Like here is, I don't know if you could see it. Um, it's hard to see. This is one I did of Niagara Falls. I see. Uh, I don't know if you could see it. Oh, cool. Did you just do that on a rock? No, no, this is um this is uh wood engraving. So it's not like Oh, this that's wood engraving. Okay. Yeah, this one's woodcut, but this is done on uh cherry that I actually harvested myself because oh, uh sweet. because of my old man's, you know, being the son of a contractor, um it is quite nice to have a lot of like tools available to you. So this is done in cherry, um but I have to like raise one part of it because sometimes you can't get it totally even cut with like raw yeah. wood. Um, so I like, I printmaking. love. Like, no, what'd you say? Go ahead. No, I was no, just I said say I... that printmaking is great because you can repeat things over and over again. I do like that. Cause you know, once you have the engraving, you can produce as many pieces as you want and you just forever, yeah. you'll still have it. It's like an NFT, but Go it's ahead. busy folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. so, I, I like, I treat, I, so I love wood engraving. I love wood cut, but, I'm trying to get more into like plexiglass and copper plate because I do have, let me see if I can pull it out. I have like, I actually bought a bunch of them, uh, traditional, like basically jewelry tools. Like are called oh. burns, right? You know, like, you nice. know, yeah, I, ha I have, yeah, I have those. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I mean, these ones, they're from, um, they're from Mueller's and they're like, I think this one was made in the fifties. I have like a whole set of them, but I do have the nice ones that come from EC Leon's. Like I even have the multiple ones that are quite expensive um, that do multiple lines, but they're good because you can do plate engraving and you can do um, wood, wood engraving. And of course, like I, I have like a bunch of wood I have to harvest too. Uh, but I, I do like wood engraving is like my thing, but I treat print minting, I treat printmaking the same way that I think um, like, uh, Edward Monk and uh, Kathy Kolwitz and even even uh, Gauguin treated it where it's really like an extension of sketching. And I love playing like with the thickness of the inks and, and sort of getting people getting like something that's different each time. But of course, have like, you so seen? Um, yeah. Have you seen Rembrandt's 
Um, oh, yeah, yeah, the dry points. Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're better Amazing. than his paintings, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. They're oh, really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, printmaking mm -hmm. is, is sweet. What is not cool and not okay is photography. Like, oh, I, I don't man. think I've, I've been to so many art museums, art gallery, um, art galleries, shows for all sorts of things. And I'm never, ever, ever impressed with the photography. And, and it, it, it's, it doesn't even make sense because photography, for the most part, it's it's to document something and right. yes the the only case you could make for photography as art would be here's some japanese um here's a, a street in japan you know and it looks cool and here's a location you can never go to or here's an animal you know like national geographic kind of thing but as like art there's there's almost like no merit in it whatsoever. Oh, I don't know. I have. Or do you disagree? I, I'll, I'll disagree with someone. But anyways, I didn't finish though. So for the plates, I yeah, have the rolling press. But me and my old man actually built because I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spend two hundred or three hundred dollars. No, actually more. They're more nowadays because a bunch of like R-worded hipsters like restore them and they ruin the patina. <laughs> but uh, me and my old man actually built a nipping press. Out of uh, oh. we have I have access to a welder, you know, an arc welder, and uh, no, yeah. So the nipping press, it's like it saves me. Like I still do a lot of like um, I still like doing with certain smaller ones and certain line ones. Um, the Japanese the uh, kiui, like the traditional printmaking. Like sometimes I'll do a little bit of color. Like with the bird with the Japanese prints. Yeah, yeah. Like I have. Um, let me see. I'll show you actually. I have um, just like, you know, a plastic burin with like to mimic the holes. Um, mm -hmm. I actually bought, this took me, you know, this actually, oh, where is it here? These are all my gouges. Like I I have like the professional uh, PFAL ones from Sweden because like, oh, cool. like I, for, for many, for like years, I used like the really like crappy, you know, home hardware stuff. That's basically what I have. <laughs> yeah, I don't have yeah. anything legit in that. In that. So department. really, I'm equip I'm equipment mogging you. Um, well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> art don't worry about it. Is really fun. Like it just yeah. having it and taking care of it and yeah, yeah, taking care of it. it. Why are we nerding out right now? <laughs> no, I because well, I mean, there's a good. Point you use oils, here. right? Is that what you used to use, or do you use? What do you yeah. Use? Yeah, so I, I was doing printmaking for a while just to test it out. And I started getting really dizzy when using the the chemicals. And I for a while I wasn't using gloves, which was really Oh bad. no. I was, yeah, I was using solvents and I started getting really bad headaches. And then and then because I'm a hypochondriac, I freaked out and I was like, I'm gonna get cancer and die. So I like wouldn't do it. Me anything. too. I'm a bit of, believe it or not, I'm a bit Are of you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, why I, I use water-based ink. Um, oh, yeah. oh, okay. Use water-based. Because yeah. I'm actually, I'm considering, I will, I will admit, I kind of stopped oil painting because of like my hypochondria. Like slightly. You know what you like? Let me show you. Let me show you. You know what you'd like for printmaking? Let me show you. Two things you'd like. Um. Oh God, where's the tube, please? 
I don't oh. think I would print make again. I, I think I would want to go back to painting, but I would want to use like water-based paints. Because yeah, I, yeah. I heard, yeah, I mean. Here it is, here it is, I got it. Well, you know, acrylic, You when you get used to it, like a lot of people, they've said that like my work looks like oil because like. Oh, I thought it was oil. Oh, oh really? It was oil, yeah. Yeah! <laughs> yes! You tricked me. Ah, I, I tricked like, you. I mean, I would, I would be able to tell in person, though. So you, if right. I see in person, you wouldn't fool me. And it smells maybe, different. Maybe one day you come over, you'll see them in person. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like here, the one I have um, behind. Well, I'll show, I'll show it to you. I'll show, I'll show it to you later. But um, no, I because I use a variety of mediums with yeah. um. And my process is very similar to like an oil painter in terms of layering. So a lot of people, like even people that have used oils a lot, they're like, well, is that oils? I go, no, it's acrylic, right? Um, like there's there's purists, like, you know, that one guy who had a PBS show, um, the landscape painter, what's his name? Stefan Bauman. It's like, I hate, I hate acrylic. Uh, like it's. I hate I it. Like a, I hate it. I will. I've why? Used it. It's because. The drying time, right? I'm telling you, if you want to paint like the world. Okay, so I started with acrylic and then I moved into oil. I got, I, I, I was brave and in high school. And I was amazed with the difference, like the capabilities, the things you could do. You could do everything that you can do with acrylic, uh, with oils and more. Um, if you want, it's, if you wanted to paint more realistically or, or capture light in a realistic way or in a way that has lots of layers, like it's really hard to do that with, with acrylic. I mean, uh, yeah, with acrylic it's, it once, I mean, have you ever tried using oils? Are you scared? No, I've never oils? tried using oils. <gasps> See, you're just at that stage where you're, you're scared. I was scared. But once you jump in and you use no, I'm pretty oils. I'm pretty loyal to acrylics. No, no, you got to use the different mediums. That's what makes it. That's I, no, I refuse. I refuse because I like I'm willing to I'm willing to get. I think there's like a water based version of oil. Like it's like a there's water thing. mixable oil. Yeah, that you could still use mediums with. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. curious about that. But the fa also the fact that acrylic is like almost like plastic i'm it upsets me because i love the smell of oil paint it's I not lindy it. you mean it's not lindy is that what you're saying what do you mean it's not lindy acrylic like oil is lindy oh um well no it doesn't really matter the brand but it's just that no you know you know the lindy you know what that is is it a brand of no, you don't know the concept. Oh my, oh my God. Oh, I do not. Oh, you sweet summer child. Um, <laughs> so Lindy is like, um, it's funny because I hate this guy. I absolutely despise him. The grifter, Paul Scholas, who writes fake books. And you grifted fake all books. the way to getting profiled in the New York Times. Oh, Paul Scholas, yeah. Wow. Um, he posted, he grifted and posted his way with fake PDF books all the way to getting profiled in the New York Times. Now a bunch of leftoid hipsters read about being Lindy. So Lindy is a concept that he stole from an equally contemptible thinker um, of the last two years. Uh, what's his name? 
Talib, you know, Nassim Talib. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. I think I vaguely remember him. So yeah. Paul Scholas was basically like the Nassim Talib reply guy. And uh, I think they did work together or something. And he came up with this concept called Lindy that he just hammered and grifted and like spread everywhere. The Lindy concept is basically something. It's very simple. Something that ex it, it's so simple that it's like, why do you have to create this thing around it? Something that existed for a long time in the past has a greater probability of existing in the future for a long time. Mm, and then okay. he's like, whole things are Lindy. Mater certain materials are Lindy. Certain concepts are Lindy. Certain elements are Lindy. This is that Lindy. Oil painting is Lindy as opposed to acrylic. So that's why I brought up Lindy. That's like, uh, yeah. So it's, it's yeah. basically like, and then he has a concept of like, the four hour life, like work week. Then he's like got another concept called the Lindy walk where you're like, kind of like the way that a writer would walk. Like you go for a long period of time, but slower take in the scene. It's basically like he literally took the concept of a long walk and grifted it into a quasi philosophic concept. That's impressive. Look at Paul. He probably but, has you block I, though. He blocks a prolific amount. I of see people. your point now, but yeah, I, yeah. I, Gio, I don't think it's the case that oil painting is just like, oh, it's in its top spot because you know it's like a fad or it's like it's there because it was, you know. I don't think it's like. I think it's there because it's actually good, is what I'm saying. It's I don't, actually think, really but good. I don't think that if a work but is in acrylic, that you should degrade it. That it should be well, lesser to an oil painting. It depends well, on how you okay, paint. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second, because I would <laughs> slightly disagree. All right, when you okay, I went to the Metropolitan a couple years ago. I, I I when I go to New York, I don't do anything except go to to the Met. That's all, literally all I do. Anyhow, so this time I went. I went to uh, I forget what wing it was, but it was like all the like like surrealist art, and of yeah. course I I wanted to see. Uh, I saw uh, Giorgio De Chirico. I think I'm saying his name right. De Chirico. Oh, yeah. Is it De Chirico? Okay. He he's fantastic. I love his work. Uh, I I love the surrealists. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, even like Dolly. Uh, I don't really have much of a problem with them. I think they, what they were doing was really cool. However, I was I was more so I was so unimpressed when I walked up to the painting. And it looks like house paint. And I know that Picasso actually looked like how he actually used house paint for a lot of his paintings. When when you when I walked up to the dolly, the dolly was oil, and it was gorgeous. Okay, you can see the layers. There's light, it, it, but the the um, the George. I believe we're having this Rico, that that painting. Even though I I've seen it in books and I love it, I fawn over it. In person, it was so, it was so flat and ugly, and and the paint was applied improperly. And that's the thing is, a paint is an experience. Like, like well, a painting is an experience that you you have best when you're in person and you see it. And when you see an oil painting versus an acrylic or house paint, the quality of it is different. Thus, no, I think totally ends up meaning that what. the value of it might be lower. You know, like just. Totally disagree. I will tell you why. Really? Let me tell educate me. you. Let me. Oh, really? You're gonna educate me? <laughs> I'm 
I used okay, to watch so when I was young, when I was in high school, I can't believe I'm admitting this. I used to watch like people like Mark Levin. I used to piss people off because he used to say that all the time. He's like, let me educate you. Let me educate you. Um, <laughs> it was, like, let's face it, it was fun. Even like BAP is inspired by Michael hey. Savage. The way that, you know, the libs would call into the show. Mm-hmm. And like, um, let me let me educate you. Let me educate you. Okay. Okay. So I'm, willing, time, I'm willing. What would you say? I'm I'm willing to hear you. Okay, okay. The the time in which Dikitico and other early painters, should I say early adopters of acrylic paint, whether it was him or Frankenthaler. So he's it, using acrylic. He's using latex oh, paint that is still. I you see, I could tell that there was something wrong. Okay. I, yes, because the early um, products that they were offering artists for acrylic, they were very similar to house paint. They were basically latex. But then later on, during the 1960s, 70s, and 80s, when they these companies like Liquitex and like Golden, when they fully developed acrylic emulsion technology, then they could come out with artist colors that were dedicated to artists that come off pretty similar to all. Oh, oh, is this where and we're then going? Li- is this where we're going, Gio? Because you know what? I've used the stuff and I have it and it's crap. And it looks exactly the same. So don't you No, no, don't you have try. to use it a certain way. You have oh, to really? use mediums. Use you can't be afraid. And what? you can layer with it. It doesn't take a lot of time. You can. You're just scared. Just face it. No. Scared. No, I I will always defend acrylic. Do not listen, woman. (laughs) Listen, you haven't even used oil. You don't even know what you're talking. And I never will. (laughs) Why? Explain why. Because I'm bucking the trend. Because I truly believe in acrylic paint, and I'm no. You can't just be a rebel without a cause. That's not. I'm not without a cause. It's because I don't want the hassle of cleaning. <laughs> See, that's what it is. You don't want the hassle. No, but because I do, no, but I do believe that you can get like even you, you even admitted that you thought what? that I was painting in oils. See, uh, but true. that no, but that's because that's because it's uh, it's through um a camera, like uh, you know, like I was saying, when, when you're seeing it in person, a painting is best the best experience you have with it is in person. And I can't, you know, I can't tell through the computer, like on the screen, you know, what the paint is. Mm. And you're also, you're also, um, you're, you're kind of, uh, you're using very thick strokes. So there's a lot of like layering, um, with oil, you, you, um, what I've noticed is that with acrylic, it's hard to do like transitions and gradients. Just use a, just use a mister. Just no, it does, no, it's I've done that. No, I've no, done like that. This specific, it like work. one of these. No, it doesn't work. It it, it works. This paint, one works. This I'm one is a micro mister. It works. No, not to paint <laughs> hyper, not not to paint hyper realistically. Trust me, I struggled in high school <laughs> for years using acrylics, and then and then finally I was like, you know, what? I'll try oils. You're and, lying and to my, me. My life was changed forever. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, why? <laughs> why are we having? So why are we having? I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. It's fine. If you want to use acrylics, then that's fine. Personally, no, no, do not condescend to me now. Now that you've given me, <laughs> well, don't you're gonna condescend to me. 
if you're gonna if you're gonna get your titties in a twist, then uh, then what? I'll give you a I'm losing bit, frame okay? right now. I should listen to my <laughs> friend Ryan Stone. I'm losing frame. I'm losing frame. I'm oh man, I have to I have to go back and listen to more lectures from pickup artists. I'm losing frame. Uh, right now, um, no, I'm not offended. Don't worry about it. Um, okay. What did I want to show you? I know you're um, not. No, no. Um, I'm a bit offended, but anyways. Um, <laughs> and, no, the, and the acrylic? Not even man enough to do oil. Just think about that. Oh, my God. Oh, God. I'm, I'm turning this off right now. This is terrible. I'm totally <laughs> I can't believe I'm being BTFO'd. Um, so this is soy-based, and it's good for – it's, it's – um, it's the same open time as a lot of oil-based uh, intaglio inks. Um, you basically have to like put it in contact with celluloid for it to dry completely. So it's like yeah. weird technology they have. And this is an oil, water mixable oil. This cost an arm and a leg, but I wanted to do a sepia by Chabanel, which is probably the best printmaking ink you can find, Chabanel, and uh, from France. And it's uh, this cost a pretty penny. But this is water mixable. It's so expensive. It's, yeah. 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 And, and it makes a difference when you buy the expensive stuff. Yeah. But like when it comes to most yeah. like like wood cuts, I just basically I just use speedball. Um, but yeah, but this stuff is great. Like Sherbonel is really great. Like it's I gotta admit, it is like higher quality. Um, but you're pay you pay for quality essentially. Um, but because like you know, when you do when you have like a method to it, when it comes to like intaglio printmaking, you do like, um, I'm not like, I don't obsess over like a lot of these clean line stuff. Like I, I like when there's a haze to it. I like when they all look different because you know, intaglio, you're never going to get the same print like hundred percent. It's like impossible. Yeah. So. I've tried. I, yeah. I've tried it and it's never going to be. Yeah. Yeah. The same. That's what I like about it. That's, though, fine. that's what I love about it because it's, it's, it's a copy, but there's a, an element of chance to like, there's an element of sort of authenticity to each one, especially when it comes to intaglio, even like wood, well, okay. wood engraving. Let's, let's actually go back to the, um, the photography because, because, you know, like there, you would say there's kind of a similarity there, but the point you just that made, long there's, there's, where I was getting BTFO. No, that's, no, that, that's fine. Uh, but there is like an element of chance with printmaking and that's what makes it cool. And there's also a lot of skill involved and, and, you know, but yeah, photography is like, I mean, explain why you think it's okay. Cause I, I'm sure there's like something out there, but mm -hmm. vast majority, most of the time, anytime I go to an art museum or art gallery, it's, it's just so boring. It's not, yeah, I've never yeah, seen yeah. anything. Did I, did I show you my uh, my Doom Jack that I just did? No. Imagine that. That's imagine cool. that. Imagine that printed off. Eh? That's. I actually took like a knee, an etching needle and just like. Um, but anyways, about photography. Um, yeah, tell me why you think what we. I think that certain photographers treat the medium in ways that are unconventional enough that can come off as being very artistic and original. There's people that physically manipulate the exposure time. 
that manipulate the actual material of the film. But nowadays, like photography, like a lot of photographers, it's like, uh, like I, like there is, it's like gallery stuff. Like, like there is a difference. National okay. Geographic is yeah. amazing because you can't, you can't like that. You know that picture of the girl with like the she has like super green eyes and it's the like Afghan girl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that girl. that's that's something that only photography can capture. Is this like right, rare right. moment? Where, yeah, that's not something that you know we can replicate. That that's a unique thing. Of yeah, like the Times list of the hundred most impactful photos of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's great. But but when you go to an art gallery and they're treating it like like art, it um they don't. It's not National Geographic uh, 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 photography that you see up. They just put that in a magazine and then the world sees it. Right, right. It's kind of like a different thing when you walk into an art gallery and you see like like the art that they're doing and it's not going mm -hmm. in a magazine mm -hmm. and it's supposed to almost like compete with painting or something or, or prints like, uh, and it doesn't. And, and it's kind of like a, a, a thing of its own. It's not like national geographics, but I, my point is I agree with what you're saying, but these people, they're like in their own, like they're doing this thing that just to me doesn't really make sense. You kind of get you know, what I'm saying. I know, I know what you mean, but there, there's, um, there's two different terms when it comes to like capturing the frame of the photography that um, I believe Roland Barthes used or like, well, no, Deleuze actually in his um, moving cinema books, he talks about photography and how um, the placement of the subject within the photography, like within the photograph, how that has like a level of determination and that has a level of artistic import. But at the same time, I do, I, I do understand your criticism. I think like, very few photography artists can reach the level of fine art because by its very nature, yeah. it's like what Boris Groys wrote about once about the cartography aspect of like a lot of contemporary art. Like a lot of contemporary art is just the cartography of something or an event or of a sequence of information because, okay, so are, are you, are you photographing a thing that becomes an art object or is the photograph merely a way of capturing something that by definition is an art object, but cannot be replicated mm -hmm. as a static entity the way that other plastic arts are? Like performance. Is it a way of categorizing performance? Or is that performance, is it for the sole purpose of the, the photograph's art? So for instance- Are you um, kind of getting into the- the concept of like the um the medium is the message kind of thing um, yeah sort is that of kind yeah of what you're yeah at? yeah is it like so, is yeah because that, that does matter right yeah. right right like is the photograph itself the art object or is it category is it merely it a, is yeah yeah it kind, is it, it kind of it kind of Kind of is because like like physically there are limitations with what you can do with photography, painting, right. all of these mediums. They have a limitation in what it is that you can express to a certain extent. Right. And then there's also, of course, things that are, are like culturally connected to them. So obviously, like like um, a painting has you know European uh, aesthetics and whatnot writing behind it uh, to kind of emphasize like what it means. Uh, Oh, but but yeah, you know, photography is one where it, it's it's kind of like a uh, 
like I said, it's it's very good at recording things. And I think yeah, that's yeah. mainly association, which which makes sense. It's kind of it's kind of locked in by the fact that it's it's mostly used for that purpose. I don't know right, if that right. emphasizes your point or yeah, I don't know. That's it's, the cartography aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But like for example, like I mean there's there's ones who um like really were pioneers in terms of like taking photography into finer. I'm thinking of like, or she really was the first e-girl before the internet was a thing. You know, Francesca Woodbin. Um, no, it doesn't sound familiar. Oh, you I, mean, I, know I, I might, I might Woodman. know, I might know her work. I'm really bad with remembering names and, and like you've probably like come across her in art school because like, she is like, apart from like Frida and, and like other in other ones, she's like the art hoe goddess du jour. Um, uh, can you send me one of her pieces real fast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me send it okay. to you. Actually, yeah. I'm trying to I'm trying to find a good one. Um, because like Francesca Woodman, she really was like an innovator in terms of like taking um the photograph like the photograph and like elevating mm -hmm. it, like with performance and with like these very like you can like look at her, and and uh, like it's funny because. Catherine, I was talking to her about Francesca Woodman. She's like, she looks at it. She's like, yeah, I could tell this woman probably checked out, uh, you know, and heroed. So it's like, yeah, you could tell that this woman, she did art for like, you know, the e the proto e-girl. Um, wow. And then she like would play around with the exposure and everything. Um, but yeah, like just Google her work. Like, I think it's fast. Very, is it feminist? I'm oh yeah, a lot of feminist problem. themes in it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of those themes in it. I mean, or rather, <laughs> like they read themes of that into because it's very much like the reason I say she's like the proto um, e girl artist is because she like really um, got like down pat the confessional aspect of. Um, the work of art that she was doing with mm -hmm. photography. The confessional was really big. And of course, like she and heroed by the time she was like 22 years old, something like what's that. What's what's Anne heroed? You know, I can't say it for YouTube, but uh you know oh, checking Anne out, you know. Anne yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. See, you know, it's uh, they all like there's like she a fell out with some guy like and yeah, she fought depression her whole life, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, her work is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to, I hate to say it, but you're, her you're mean. <laughs> I guess I am kind of mean. Oh I, man, <laughs> I, I, I am kind of mean. That was kind of mean. Oh, this is terrible. <laughs> That was terrible. Well, no. is it? Oh, I mean, no, it's okay. I'm not judging, you know. No, no, hold on. Hold on. Maybe I take too that generous. back. I take that back. I'm not going to be pressured. Her work, like what I saw, that is exactly what I'm talking about. That stuff is not okay. It's not good. There's practically no merit to it. And it's always like the, like any Tumblr girl from the past could have oh, done that. But like, she was like, the first. She was, she was, well, yeah, to your point. That's exact exactly right. Now it's all the Tumblr art hoes, they try to imitate her, but they'll never be her. They'll never be Frida. They'll never be, they'll never be Francesca Woodman. They'll never be the original. So she's got that. You will never original. be Frida. 
you will never well no actually if the art ho wanted to imitate lenora carrington that would probably be better than imitating frida but like you know mm -hmm. you a fan of lenora carrington um i don't know who that is oh my god you love her work what she i was, she was one of the only um Okay, she was one of the only English impressionist, not impressionist, um, surrealists um, out of England. I'm and just gonna look her up. Uh, she was very. She had like this, um, Lenora Carrington. Lenora Carrington. Okay. And see. she had this whole like mythology behind her work, that is quite. You'll like her. I think you'll like her. You'll like her stuff. A lot of fantasy work involved too. Like she had their, she had her own like inborn like mythology. Oh, I do like this. Yes, I've I've seen. There's some, uh, uh, like classical song like playlist, and it's got one of these pieces from her yeah. on it, uh, and it sticks out of my mind. So the 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 Spanish like Mexican, um, like like the the artwork that they do, the surrealist stuff is so cool. I love yeah. surrealism. It's fantastic. Uh, did you want to talk about Frida Kahlo? Yeah. Was sure. that okay? Frida, Kahlo, I think. Oh, I, I, I find Lord. her work to be. I think her work is is silly and charming, uh, but I don't. It's kind of like something you would see in a Wes Anderson film, like mm. in the background. He'd have as like a goofy, like fun little thing that would be there to 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 be silly you know but intriguing but i i i don't i don't know i i kind of feel like in her case uh even those like a dolly is surreal and it gives you an experience like like it's a unique experience kind of takes you to another world but her paintings are more like silly they're kind of goofy and and that's fun in itself, but it's not like the reason why I'm interested in surrealism. So mm, mm, mm. I just kind of right. think she's a goofster. And if she's taking herself seriously, that makes it even funny. She takes herself very. She took herself very seriously. Um, yeah, she was. Um, well, <laughs> oh, you're vicious! My God. I, I guess I, I, I guess I am, but we have more to be vicious than Trad Western. I'm gonna have Trad Western on this podcast soon, by the way. Uh Brandon Heard. Um, but you're oh, you're just oh my god, I can't believe this is, is it not the truth? Is it not the truth? Okay, I will agree. I will agree. As much as you I will agree. I no, okay. Hear hear me out, hear me out, hear me out. I wrote about her once. When I used to okay. do Modern Air Madness, but instead of YouTube, it was on my WordPress. Um, I liked her, like, I think that her stuff has merit in terms of, like, again, the confessional, the introspective, the, um, the like, the damaged e-girl. Again, like, why do you think every e-girl loves Frida? Because she's them before Ooh. the internet. Because Very she good. lived a very terrible life. She had excruciating, debilitating back pain. And, you know, I've... I think she was in a bus accident. Yeah, right? yeah, and she had a bunch of botched surgeries, and uh, yeah. she had a yeah, she had a few of those. Uh, she wasn't a very good person, actually, in terms of her personal relationships. I mean, she was yeah. passed around and abused a lot by these like revolutionary men, because as you know, a lot of like even before the '60s, a lot of like leftoid movements. Um, there's this one a great article that was written about Sam Chris by one of my former editors. 
called the revolution input about like how the revolutionary spirit always comes about from like the need of like the leftoid like man to achieve like sexual like liberation right like um so she was passed around she was the passed around girl in these like communist circles of mexico she had a number of those uh procedures that i don't want to mention oh she did. you know the variety um, oh, oh yeah yeah she i think she had a few miscarriages as well um and so she wrote about like the regret over that um she had debilitating back pain her whole life and you know having you know few years ago like i suffered from sadica for many years um mm -hmm. but I've, ma I've managed to maintain it under control the last i want to say three four years so yeah yeah you know um That's good. so i understand like the constant like the gnawing away at you from leg pain and back pain um but and so she would depict like the the one work of art that i wrote about was called um broken columns where she depicted her spine as like a, 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 a broken down Roman column. And, uh, I think like there was like nails in her legs or something. And, uh, you know, she couldn't walk very good. Um, but unfortunately I, I remember talking about this with my friend, wide dog, you know, he's the winner of the passage prize and we were doing an episode together and she, he's like, the problem with her is like the unrelenting narcissism of Frida Kahlo. Like every yeah. painting is her. She is yeah. the work of art, right? Well, okay, and that actually uh, yeah. leads me into uh, a point. Uh, I think this is a really big issue with modern art is that uh, it's it's all about um, uh, the artist, and the right. artist is kind of more of the art than anything else. So, so you know, when people are are looking at Frida Kahlo, they're they're taking her background into consideration almost like more so than the actual art and yeah. and that to me is very telling and don't get me wrong you know i i feel bad for the things that happened in her past and there is merit in trying to like um tackle that subject matter i know she was in the schopenhauer for that reason because because she legitimately was suffering but yeah. that doesn't change the fact that her art I, I don't really think it's it's doing that great of a job at what it's at what she's aiming at and it almost is to your point um you know she was able to kind of craft a persona that kind of carried uh what she was doing more than like yeah the artwork was actually um it, it wasn't as good as the the kind of selling point which is more like who she was as a person yeah yeah and it wasn't i mean it wasn't as good as her husband diego obviously like uh, diego rivera I mean, oh, yeah. one of the greats, right? Yeah. Wait, uh, you say, again, I might not. I, I may have seen his work, but just like not remember his name. There's just so many. There's just so many artists. I, I'm really yeah. bad at remembering names. But yeah, maybe if I saw something of his, I, I would. If, if you look up <laughs> the, 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 the my favorite one, even though it's got like commie, like you know, science brain messages. Um, the one mural he did for Nelson Rockefeller. Norman Rockefeller. Yeah, it, the one that they he had com commissioned, but then he painted over, um, called the Passage of Time. I think it's called the Passage of Time. Yeah, yeah. So it's Frida Kahlo's husband. Yeah, yeah, Diego Rivera. Yeah. yeah. Oh, David Rivera. Okay, David. Yeah. Actually, oh, I also like him because he's a fat dude that married a mid, you know, more attractive mid girl. So there you go. Mid girl. 
What's a mid? Well, she wasn't mid. Like, was Frida mid? Do you think? When is what is a mid girl? Like you, you know, a mid. Like uh-huh. I know it's such a popular term now. Like I mean, I don't know what a mid is. Like it's like what is a mid Wait. woman? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you don't know what a mid was? No, do you know what a mid is? No, I don't. I don't know what that okay. means. Okay, like I don't, okay, the discourse around mid, right? A mid woman, an average plain Jane woman. Mm, okay. Why is it oh. okay? Yeah. So he ma- he married a mid. Wait, free is Frida Kahlo? Like, would you consider her an attractive woman no, or a mid woman? No, no, not what the unibrow. Yeah, but she's mid though. But, but she's mid though in terms of attraction. She's mid. Uh, well, it's it is. Well, let me see. I'd say, I'd say she's with this new term in mind. I'd say that she's mid. Right, right. Anyway, mm. he married his BPD mid e girl of his dreams, and and of course, like you know, she slept around, like she slept with Trotsky, and you know. Um, oh, are you serious? Yeah, wow, you know they're all like, <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wasn't like that into like you know the lore of things like like really well. Like you're you know the back the, the yeah. back end of all, yeah. which yeah. is really yeah. Cool. Yeah. 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 um. <laughs> No, no, she uh, she slept with Trotsky before he was, uh, you know, by by Stalin, who sent his uh, people there in Mexico to deal with him. His people. Um, oh, yeah. You know. Well, by the way, R.A.P. Bozo. By the way, um, yeah. So he she slept around with other these communist people in Mexico, and uh, I think Diego was being, you know, a little bit. Um, but no, D- Diego Rivera truly is a transcendental artist. Like he. Uh, he did this mural for Rockefeller that is like this futurist icon that unfortunately was painted over by Rockefeller because he like put Lenin in there. Like he put Stalin. Oh, in Lenin. oh you told me about that last time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to look into it later. Yeah. Look um, up the Mexican muralists there. I think they're right up your alley. Um, the problem with a lot of like right wing discourse around, around the woman question mm-hmm. is that, you can't like in some ways you can, but you can't be resentful completely of female nature because that's just the way that either through evolution or some inner spiritual compulsion or a combination of the two women have evolved to look at relationships in a unique way and to like, not be totally like, like the way, like the, the game, like, it's funny, you know, it's how what was her name? Soph? yeah. She had this video on it about like, even, yeah, yeah. So she had the video where she said this line about like, uh, even in high school, even she's like, even the ADIQ leg spreader can do these like Jedi mind tricks on men. It just comes natural to them. It's just yeah. instinctual. It's true. It's instinctual because that's the way that women have survived through the millennia because well, men are like these beasts that can like take advantage of them at any time and like, and can yeah, leave them. I was going to make that point. Yeah. They have yeah. to have some they have to have some edge in order to survive or else they wouldn't be alive. Also something like gossiping, you know, it's a little bit different, but I heard this interesting podcast once talking about how gossiping in Africa actually saves women's lives or saves people's lives because they'll, they'll say, Oh, that person, I heard they, you know, 
um, slept with that person and that person has, you know, HIV or whatever. And, and by gossiping, you hear through the grapevine, okay, don't, you know, yeah. mess with that person. So, so yeah, you know, there, there are things that like seem really nasty, like gossiping, but you know, that you, you would say, oh, we need to make sure that women aren't doing those things, but you can see in this particular instance that it's actually a valuable thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, not all women are, I think I kind of wonder if women, their current state, like if they're all just kind of going with the trend and they're nastier than they were in the past, or have they always just been not very genuine and very manipulative? I'm not exactly sure. Obviously there are women out there who don't do those things, myself included. Uh, but really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> what, what you no, I'm, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> no, there's, there's female nature going on. Like, everybody, you know? everybody is going to be manipulative and do right. things sometimes. That's just, it's just human nature. But, yeah. um, but no, yeah. in general, I, I, like I said, I just try to be genuine and, and try to be myself. Um, but yeah, right. it, I, 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 I think, no, but I think that like, Okay, so let's take an example. Take our disagreement right now about acrylic and oil, right? Okay. Yeah, I, see, I'm not, listen, I'm not seething over it. I'm not coping. I'm not seething, okay? I'm using this purely as an example. <laughs> but what would be worse? What would be worse if I were to, like, be, um, oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I will try oils one day. Maybe I will. Who knows? I mean, uh, you know, I, I think maybe I think one day. No, but if, if that was my immediate impulse to be like, oh my God, a woman's criticizing me, then it's like you cave. Or if I'm saying, no, this is my medium. I will defend it because this is what I like. Is that why you do that? Oh, so who's the manipulator now? I, I was just having an honest No, 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 but I'm not saying no, but. Really? No, I actually believe what I said. I actually believe. Oh my God. No, I actually believe what I said, but I'm just saying that like, if my immediate impulse was to be like the voice of the longhouse mammy being like, Oh, she's criticizing you. Yeah. Therefore, I know yeah. Yeah. But if I were to say, Oh, I guess you're right. I guess what I'm doing is totally of no value whatsoever because a woman criticized me. Like people that I think like, oh, like women always do the test, right? The, the, <laughs> the SHIT test, right? Like it's always there. It's always like unconscious, but it's just like, that's what men mean. Like that's what the pickup artists mean by losing frame is that you basically fail the test because well, you, you need to appeal to what you think is the sensibility of women as opposed to what they actually want and they're looking for. I think you just have to be yourself. I think you just have to be. Yeah, at the end of the day, exactly. That yeah. really is just what it is. Like if you just right. don't care what people are thinking of you, which is really hard not to do. But if you just don't really care and you're just yeah. being yourself, there's nothing more attractive than just like, like yeah. having confidence in yourself and looking towards something higher to be your inspiration and not other people. Yeah. And sometimes like you got to take your lumps, you know, like, um, yeah. I think I saw I saw somebody else. I, I don't know that I'll mention them, but I saw somebody like fight a battle that they they shouldn't have, and, uh, yeah. and they ended up losing their Twitter account. And it just seemed like it really wasn't 
it really wasn't worth it or strategic to do. There are, yeah. So I I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. There's a time like, and a place. Like Amy, yeah. unfortunately, Ang, Amy is like very quick to anger. And like, uh, she's a very unique person, put it that way. She's very unique. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like they know that about her. And some of the stuff they say is just like incredibly like, I like, and this is a person who is like an actual Marxist, right? It's like some of the stuff they say about her is just like, so like, I I can't believe it. Like, like some stuff you can't even like, not even a right wing Paul cell that hate, like unironically hates women could come up with some of the stuff they've said to Amy. Yeah. These people. Yeah. They'll say stuff that's on my YouTube channel. I would go, well, I would go to Reddit. And I would post, and they think I'm one of them because that's like another thing. Is I that think I've seen the, them in your Reddit posts, yeah. Yeah, so some of the like the people there, they're like, oh, you know, this looks interesting, and then they'll watch the videos and they'll realize that something's off. And oh and then the, man, oh. and then yeah, and then they'll they'll like come at me, and I, uh, I uh, they have said some of like some of the most offensive things. And I, I mean, like, I don't really get offended or anything, but like, technically I've taken note and they, it's funny. It's funny because yeah. yeah, they're supposed to be the feminists, right? Yeah. Yeah. So much for the tolerant left, but no, I think. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Too far. Too far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I have a theory about that. I have, um, I actually talked about this with Nina Power um, about like my idea of like left. <laughs> I know, I know. I said, I said too far, and then you like I could tell it kind of stung. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking so much. For the is it, isn't it so amazing that like if you if you use that on somebody, it works really well. Like it like stings. to be told told, even though you didn't go too far it's just like it really does affect you psychologically when somebody says that yeah 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 there's a line and you've crossed it yeah and it's like oh wait i have i I went too far (laughs) (laughs) anyhow oh Oh, about um left-wing versus right-wing misogyny Mm. about like how like the right-wing person hates women in term like okay they hate women, but they still recognize that the category of woman is a thing in the world, right? Yeah. But they just are resentful over the state of women or being rejected by women or X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you just have to read Schopenhauer's essay on women to really understand. Like, just throw all of the, yeah, throw all of those pick up, like, throw all the Manosphere books away, the ebooks. Just read on women by Schopenhauer. That's yeah, it, the true red it's, it, it It is. It's it's really good, and yeah. that's coming from a woman. And but it's very on point. Um, I think he says something about uh, like this interaction between women that he's witnessed, where you know a woman will say like, "Oh, I really like your dress," and then the other girl's like, "Oh, yeah, thank you," and then they walk away, and like obviously they they like hate each other and like didn't like their dress. And he was just talking about like how like it's the manipulation thing, but yeah, it's really good. Uh, yeah. I totally, I totally agree. But anyhow, continue. I on. think like you have to be something to know like the secret 
to their downfall. Like the fact, like you have to be a woman to like really criticize what women are. Yes, like it's, it's, it's only women who yeah. can really fix women. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. a, I, that's a powerful idea that deserves its own. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. Because like, okay. So it's kind of like the believer, right. With Ryan Gosling. It's like, it's the most unintentionally like red pilling film in terms of this particular group of people out of the middle east uh because like you have to be that person to truly know what they're it's kind of like why all of the um tribal people in the literary scene in montreal why they hated mordecai richler because like he was one of them and he like viciously criticized the way they were with like books like duddy kravitz so like it that's why they hated mordecai that's why he's like one of the most canceled authors mm. in human history oh. um yeah, because like they they like really like hated him because he exposed the way like all of their foibles and hypocrisy. Yeah, gotcha. Um, yeah. yeah, you do have to. Yeah, in order to really fix the the female problem, uh, this is why I like Brittany Venti. She's yeah. um, you know, she her best videos are the ones where she roasts some some girl. You know, some like, East like, Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the reason why, and people will say in like the comments sometimes, like, oh, you're just jealous or you're you're just being mean. And no, you don't get it. Women are supposed to do that. Women are supposed to keep other women in check. And she, when she makes those videos and she roasts women, it it really actually does help. Like that is very important. But but my so favorite, many go ahead. No, my favorite just really quickly was when she uh did the shoe on head one? She called her shoe ooh ooh. Like, yes. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. It, well, I didn't even. When I talked to Brittany, I mentioned that and I said that was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you've talked to Brittany Venti. Yeah. Yeah. And follow the rules. That's cool. We did, we had a deal. Actually, like, Lev had a deal with her manager. She came on, like, a little bit. Like, for a whole she's month, a she came on regularly. Manager? Yeah. Yeah. She's got a manager. Yeah. What? That's yeah. so weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, Should I get a manager? <laughs> Do you maybe. have a manager? Do you have a manager? Uh, yeah. His name is no. I'm, I'm trying to make oh. a joke. Man make people you seem think cool? I'd be doing all this myself if I had a manager? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, um, that's so weird. What does she need a manager for? I guess she kind of does need a manager. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, maybe she does. I'm not trying to dog on her. I really like Brandy Penting. But but yeah, uh uh the the shoe on head video that really blew my mind because like I'm I don't I don't you know I don't want to be like mean to any girl, you know, Lauren right. Southern or anybody. Um I mean been but, vicious you know, criticizing them for two hours, but it's all right. That's true. But only like the <laughs> ones that really deserve it, okay? Yeah, um, yeah don't worry about uh, it, don't worry about it. Uh I could pay yeah, Wallace want, so they'll probably never. No, I'm kidding. I don't no, care. I, I no, I know. I don't care. No. It's totally fine. I, I think, okay, as much as I criticize her, I think Lauren Southern did a valuable service recently by exposing these people. But anyways, about you shoe on head. You can redeem yourself. You can redeem yourself. Yeah, exactly. I, I forget my original point. Um, with, with women, like, criticizing physical features and stuff? Oh, yeah, no, about you have to know something to... But we mentioned Brittany Venti. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, about... Oh, oh, God. I'm trying to remember. I mentioned Schopenhauer. Um, I mentioned... Oh, that women need to be 
criticizing other women because it's you have to be in the group to kind of like right right yeah yeah about criticizing other women that you said only women can fix other women which i agree with but about yeah. about um okay uh, oh yeah left wing versus right wing misogyny that's what it was okay oh, okay. so the right wing will criticize women because out of resentment, ultimately, right? But women yeah. still have a place. They still have a role. Even if, like, even if you take like, the most extreme example of like a racist Paul cell mm -hmm. that wants to view um, white women as essentially like breeding factories, right? <laughs> yeah. Like literal breeding, like literal like Bosnian war. Oh, never. Mind. I'm not going to go down. Not. Not gonna go down there, right? Is that but what you think, Gio? Is that uh, what you think of us? Of course. No, no. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. <laughs> I I think like to instrumentalize the feminine is terrible, but um for a variety of spectrum. Yeah, yeah, that's a really that's a really good way to put it, actually. I like that. I mean, I think way like women should be having more children, especially of uh us European. Yeah, but to make something utilitarian, usually never like if you make it purely utilitarian, that leads to so many bad results. It's just like put really well. Yeah. Right. But especially the feminine, which by definition should resist that sort of like utilitarian, like in framing instrumentalization. Like, like I know kids fulfill a variety of utilitarian purposes, but that sh it shouldn't be about that. It should be like having children should give meaning to your life and it should give meaning to your culture and your environment and your yeah. religion, everything like it, it, having children incorporates so many elements of what it means to be a human being that yeah, to, to view it like simply as a political equation. I think that's the problem with a lot of like the Paul cells that have certain ideas around demographics. I think like, okay, why do you care about demographics? If you're going to like, view it as a utilitarian equation as a like a math problem like if you yeah. truly cared about the you as a indo-european it's like then then isn't there something more to why you want to preserve indo-europeans than just mm -hmm. a simple math equation yeah well so, sad but but okay so but the thing is like they still view women as having a purpose right even though the purpose is very like you know denatured right like mm. but, but women still have um a presence or an essence as women right but my theory is that left-wing misogyny is the total erasure of women it is the male feminist and it is also the other uh like invasion of feminine spaces right mm. by certain ideology mm. right um is the erasure of what a woman is on an ontological level on the being of a woman is fundamentally erased. And like, so that's why the left, like the Paul, like the Paul cell cannot compete with the misogyny of the AGP. Um, you know, mm, so interesting. Yeah, so because what they're getting at is the erasure of woman qua woman, woman as the being of a woman. Yeah, I think I've noticed. I think I've noticed this too. Um, it's kind of hard to articulate. Uh, articulate. Yeah. yeah, this is a complicated one. Um, so a good example, I think, would be maybe um, uh, uh, sleeping with women. You know, 
uh, the left, the, the leftist guy really benefits from uh, the feminist, uh, the way that, so hard to articulate, like the, they they benefit so much from from the world that feminism creates. Like they, yeah, they get could, lots of sex and stuff the, like that. Yeah, and you could see why the irony yeah. leftist, why they love like they absolutely love the whole like you're a chud incel that doesn't have sex. But they they themselves do not have sex as well. Right. Uh, right? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so hard because because women it, it's weird. The um the men that are promoting not having frivolous sex, they end up they, that actually ends up helping women, right? And the leftist that pretends like they're helping women, uh, by telling them to just go around and have sex with with everybody, uh, that ends up benefiting the the guy in a right. hedonistic manner. It's uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's like liberation. Yeah. You're promising liberation that really leads to another greater form of, of bondage. Like yes, yes. bondage, yeah. So those women, that's well put. Yeah, the the women on the left are are in bondage in a way that they just they don't really understand. Uh it's far more liberating, in my opinion, to be on the right side, even though it appears to be really nasty, uh, because men are telling women kind of what to do. Yeah. But it, it's so much more freeing because you, if you're, if you're, you know, your, your devices, if you're, you, you don't want to be a slave to your devices and these women on the, on the left are, I don't know, it's a side point, but, but yeah, I, it's really complicated. It's hard to describe what you're talking about and you're, you're doing a, a really good job. It's just, well, I hope I, yes, <laughs> I, I, you no, are, it's, like, just, it's a difficult one. <laughs> yeah. It's a difficult one. I think that like, for instance, um, the whole like you, you touch grass, have sex. Um, it very much is like it's the same like early two thousands like macho like man show type of like you know celebration of promiscuity. But like, but it's funny. It's funny though because like you were saying, like that that ethos leads in fact to the greater like cheapening of what the feminine is. Even though like yeah. on the other side, That's I see. But I will. But I will say to be totally fair though. On the other side, a lot of trads, unfortunately, do have a very, like, a lot of their need for, like, traditional femininity is kind of, like, comes off as a fetish as well, but in a different way. So, uh, it's like, yeah, I think yeah. I just don't understand it, because I, I, I'm still trying to understand what it is to be a woman and to be um, a woman in, like, a European sense like like mm -hmm. you're, you're in the, within the european tradition and so far what i've seen online i'm not seeing anybody answer these questions of what they're what a woman is supposed to be like in that traditional sense it's very simplistic and like you said it is almost kind of like fetish fetish or something it's very yeah. much like it's it's the eroticism of limitation that i think unfortunately a lot of trads like you could tell when they have a fetish over like particular women you could tell like there's mm -hmm. some kind of eroticism going on in the background when if they were kind of honest about it i think they would have a much healthier approach to women but i do feel that like like okay this is a controversial take this is probably get me in trouble um but when i say get me in trouble i don't mean by leftoids i mean by like my people 
Um, I think like the whole return to modesty thing that can only come about by women encouraging other women. I don't think like the way things are nowadays, it kind of wouldn't be the like, unless you go back to like a traditional notion of like patriarchal chivalry, like you were talking about last time, it's mm -hmm. almost like women have to like lead by example for other women because yeah. it's almost in some ways, I hate to say it, but like women are just incapable of like listening to what a man is telling them in a lot of ways, especially North yes. America. Like they're not going to I listen. Agree. Right. Unless they want to do some kind of like e-girl, like trad e-girl parasocial relationship, some kind of like Dasha, like, ooh, ooh I'm trad cath now. Like, unless you're doing that, by the way, I'm more of an Anna person. I, I don't, I don't care for Dasha much, but uh, <laughs> I'm more of an Anna person myself. Uh, but <laughs> I know I'm going to get heat for that one. But uh, no, unless they're doing that, I don't think that they're going to like sincerely listen to men telling them to be more modest. I think that they, they would like the modern, like especially like, the, well, like maybe not the, but, like the millennial woman. They just find that incredulous, I think. Well, and there's also, um, there's that aspect of it, but what are the benefits of being uh, a modest, traditional woman? Like, if, right. if, a, if a, any guy, even the guys, not all of them, obviously, but I, I've noticed uh -oh. they, they get kind of sucked in to, um, to uh, the allure of women and, and their yeah. sexuality. And, yeah. and, uh, and, and yeah. they, you know, the reason why women are there. so nasty is because, is because you guys, again, like we talked about in the beginning, you guys are contributing to it. So if you guys didn't give in to these women who are acting in these particular ways and all, of, if all of the attention wasn't just going in that direction, uh, things would be better. But yet to be like, like I've had people say, you know, criticize me, like, you know, I'm not perfect or anything, but even though I'm trying to, to do things in a different way and be better, people just, you know, they, they don't, they don't, um, they kind of think, oh, you're just like one of the other girls anyhow, or, uh, uh, you know, Tradler or, 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 or I, you know, yeah, I, I guess that's not really the point. I guess my point is that I, there's, you, you guys also have to create an incentive for women to want to be like that. But it's hard because how can you compete with, you know, all these hedonistic pleasures that are offered right. to men through these other women? Like everyone would have to say, okay, I'm going to be the best possible person I can be basically going back to Christianity or something like that. If that were, if that were to be the trend, women would step in line They'd say, Oh, acting like that doesn't get me any attention anymore. So I guess I'm not going to do that. Right. Right. It's complicated. Right. It, it's complicated yeah. because being a trad girl online does get you a lot of attention but not in the way that I think is socially. Um, it doesn't have like the same effect as like social approval writ large for women. It's like, um, I think even Anna said this once on Red Scare. She was quoting some author that said like, in a way like um, men want to have sex with a woman that is attractive to most men. But women, when they have sex, want to appear like they're having sex with someone who is socially like of high status, like something like that. It's like it was like mm -hmm. 
the gaze of like the the approval aspect for women is very large. I have to like look up the exact quote. Wait. Okay. Um... Like they'll go for someone who is deemed worthy to be with, right? Mm-hmm. Like the like in other words, if if a woman wants to like live a traditional lifestyle unless she is motivated by a community where that is acceptable, where that is demanded of most people, um, then it's not going to work because unless you're doing some like specific, like I said, some like specific fetishistic thing for male attention for a very attention for like very particular subset of men, unless you like arrange the social conditions around women to reflect those values. Um, it's not going to happen anytime soon. I hate to say Yeah. Yeah, like I think like one of the most like blackpilling things I've ever read was um was a thread by my good friend Zero HP Lovecraft where he had this this is from like 2018 and at the end he said like about um like women have attached to them this like um civilization's lifeboat system but they're trying to like poke holes into it and he mm-hmm. said like at the end, he's like like millennial women it's not that they don't want to have kids because of economic anxiety. They just plain don't want them. And their, their real desires are, I'll never forget this. Their real desires are hideous, hideous, hideous. <laughs> you know it's going over the top. Cause if you know about ZHP, you know, the way, well, you know, the way he's like about the woman question, but uh, no, I think like, it's true. I think like a lot of women, they just plain don't want kids. And it's because I think like, I'm noticing the normalization of like this sort of what I call like pop antinatalism, like on t- TikTok yeah. and on like, you know, where the inconvenience and the burden of reproducing is like, but, yeah. But there's, there's good reason why women don't want to have children. And there's reason there are good reasons yeah. why, why women want to be feminists. And that's because let me explain there. Um, their desires for, for, are hideous, hideous, hideous. No, I'm kidding. Well, I'm kidding. well, well women <laughs> are from, from their government, from from media and everything. We know that they're being told that. I, I think it's like like a globalist thing. You have to right. be a work. You have to be a worker ant. You have to be like the men. So one thing that's happened is men and women have become more like each other, and they've been neutralized. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. and that makes everybody really good workers. So right, women right. over time have been pushed into like through the law and, and with the government and everything to be more independent and to be a worker. So they kind of have to, let me explain. Okay. Let, let me see if I can put it better. Women have to work. They're forced into working because the way that our society works now, like you have to have two people working in order to get a house. Like you can't, just have one person working like you could in the 1950s. Right, right. Women have been forced into in, in, into the workforce. And so they um, have legitimate grievous, grievances is what I'm saying because of, of the way that the structure of our of our society has has gone. Uh, women are, are now uh, faced with like, they have to take care of children, but at the same time, they're expected to work. And they shouldn't right. have to do that. That really is actually a problem. Um, so uh, obviously, I'm not a feminist. I think feminism is bad and rotten and everything like that. And I I don't actually think that they're right 
but I understand where they're coming from because yeah, if you're looking yeah, at things yeah. from a surface level, it, it, they, I mean, you see what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 No, exactly. But like, I mean, this is, this is common knowledge, but I thought you were going to like go like, if there's another, like, if there's another reason, like, or something that you're, Oh, uh, well, I, I get, I guess. Cause like, I, I, I guess, think they, like, we all know guess, the argument about like the way that society is arranged for like maximizing. Um, it's funny. Cause like Byung Chul Han talks about this in psychopolitics. Well, exactly hold on. Yeah. I, I, to, just to answer your question, Robas, I think it's that the perception in the, in the community is that, women don't have any legitimate grievances and, and there's no sympathy for why it is they have these perspectives. It's almost like women are just being evil. And right. I don't think that that's the case. I think you have to have some sympathy. And, and if we really want women to change and get better, um, those things would have to be fixed, obviously. And then I think they'd be happier. But yeah, I think that's kind of the point. It's just kind of like a lack of sympathy for why women have uh, that perspective. Don't you yeah, think yeah. People are, yeah. What were you going to say? Don't you think, don't you think uh, people on our, our end kind of are a little unsympathetic to like the fact that, you know, women would be feeling the way that they're feeling? No, not at all. <laughs> yeah. No. I guess that's kind of, you're not hard on women enough. No, um, I agree. With yeah. you. I agree. With you. I agree with you. I think that like, yeah, I think that, because like okay because the 2010s were such a disaster for relations between men and women and for culture in general and really was yeah. a cultural black hole and because i think of the radical like activism that has been normalized and i think because we are seeing the rise of like that is one thing that yarvin did do well is that he said that like look for like the trend of like purposeful extinction where like antinatalism will be normalized and the sort of like anti-human thinking will become normalized. I think like, because all of that was such a disaster and that the 2010s really destroyed a lot of relations between millennial men and women through a variety of means. Mm -hmm. I think like the right wing has instinctively entertained the idea of like female erasure be out of like survival tactic out of like, mm -hmm the space where men can be men and yeah women... this was the original topic i kind of got got us off track yeah, yeah this is yeah, yeah. no okay. yeah. yeah 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 sure 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 i'm doing the i'm doing the yard i might be actually seeing him on a conference call tonight with thaddeus russell so i'm not gonna have to be nice <laughs> i think i know i think he knows who i am but like i've been i've been kind of critical of, of, of daddy it's okay to be Curtis. yeah yeah um what did, did you read the recent uh, Hobbit and Elva article? Hobbits versus El. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, he wrote this article like the other day, and like absolutely everyone's talking about it. And it's like, oh, yeah, you should read it. You should read it. It's. It, I don't agree with it, of course, but like, it's it's interesting. It's interesting the way that he thinks about certain things. But um, it's about it's basically like advocating that the right wing should just like, lay down and rot. And that, like, the people that run the world is actually... Like, he didn't mean it, like, okay, so... He has a very he's, specific so he's picture. So just He's basically just, like, like thinking, oh, the best solution is just to, to give up despair? Because yeah, I, I would never agree with that. Because us Judd Morlocks, we're not worthy of leading. 
Which I mean, he's kind of right in one way. Wait, like I'm not gonna lie, but wait, say that again. Because he we're... calls us the hobbits living in the Shire, and that we're not as like creative and intelligent and beautiful as the elves who run no. the world. No, they're not. Okay, first of all, the they are not the elves. Okay, let's right exactly. Let's let's kind of there, there are right. many. There are many different groups of people in Europe. Some of them were elves, and some of them were just on the Shire. Okay. Right. Right. Um, and and I I think we might know you might know who those people are, but anyhow, um, I you oh. don't um you don't you don't yes you don't the Amish you don't, right the Amish yes yeah but you don't yeah, you don't Amish. um <laughs> you don't give up you don't you never you never want to give up because you it, it's a cycle and you know in the long term your strategy might end up paying off or, or like you, your group of people might end up evolving it. You, this is my point. It's not up to you whether you're going to win or not the game of life. You basically just have to keep going and you right. can't, you can't just say determine, okay, well it, the odds aren't looking good. I guess we'll just lay down our swords and our guns and we'll just give up. He uses the, the analogy of a battered wife. Like, I I think you should read it. It's called like okay. it's in his Green Mirror Substack. It's the latest one. It's about so use this analogy of the battered wife and like what she should do, and like a battered wife should not hit the husband back or else he's gonna hit her even worse. And like the battered wife should just like create evidence against the husband, and like the worst thing that the battered wife should do is like try to um like argue or like hit back or like he goes through this whole like scenario. Right. And he mm -hmm. says that because I think like the problem is that he has a very like 1990s understanding of the progressive elites mm -hmm. in, in Silicon Valley, like, because he is one of these people, right? Like he is one of, of the these upper people. Yeah. One of those yeah. people. Well, yeah. Yeah. But like the one of the I, Amish. Yeah. He's one of the Amish. He's one of the Amish. Ooh. And, but also being like being an early adopter in Silicon Valley and like, you know, making it rich at a relatively young age and like mm -hmm. rubbing shoulders with the elite. Like he has a very like one, one criticism. I remember Charlemagne um, retweeted. Wait a second. Wait, where's your fuzz hat? Excuse oh, I took me? it off. because It was kind of. Excuse me. I just All realized. Right. Yeah. Where I just realized. <laughs> okay, I'll put it back on. Um, That's I'll better. Put it back on. Oh, <laughs> okay. okay, wait, I continue. Hides the Norwooding. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he said. So Charlemagne, um, capped and like posted this this tweet thread on his um, Telegram that was very apt. He said that like the problem is that Yarvin has this like 1990s picture of the brown like of the progressive elite, like they go to Brown university, they go to burning man. They listen to classical music. They're a part of like the literati and arts and culture, the modern day, like the modern day elf, like the modern day Eloy, like tech or like journalist elite. They're mm -hmm. not those people. They have very like destructive, like yeah. views, like culture and high society. Right. So yes, that's his problem. So he's saying like, and he says this before he's like, well, you know, the elite, they're like, you know, wonderful and beautiful people and they're creative and they go to burning man. And those are the real elite. And it's like, really? They're the real elite. 
Like it's well, uh, well, yeah. it's not. It's not. Uh, no, that's. It, there's another problem with this because um, you know uh, what's happened over time is lots of money and lots of like uh, uh, you know ostracizing people out of Hollywood or whatever ended up leading to people who are on the right wing. Right. You you can't be creative and be on the right wing and be like they we used to be in those fields in artistic fields, but you get weeded out like 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 it's yeah. like yeah so that that's not exactly fair. Um, it's not like we don't have an interest. It's just you can't be in that space anymore. They literally push you out. Yeah, like, ruin yeah. your life. Like like I agree with him the extent that like. I agree with this critique of like right-wing populism. Like I think you need people who like do possess like creativity and intelligence and who can form a vanguard because yeah. like the, like, but at the same time, I think like the chuds quote unquote, the masses, like the blue collar people that, you know, I've grown up around my whole life. Like they do serve a purpose. Like they do have do. instincts that are correct. And I think like, it's like, who was it that said it? Was it like, I forget, was it Octavian or Marcus Aurelius? It was one Roman emperor that said, I love the people, I fight for the people, but I'm, I, I'm for the people, but I'm not of the people. And mm. I think like in some ways, Curtis, he That's wants cool. to do that. But like, he, he, re he doesn't realize that like the current elites are not that as well. Like the current elites, like as much as I think there's flaws in this particular idea, I think like Spandrel, he did get a few things right, but you know, like the concept of bio-Leninism, right? Like that is true. Like our elites currently, the auxiliary positions are stacked by like people who aren't that very like gifted or clever, or bright, or who have like even like a low time preference. Like bio-Leninism will destroy society because if you keep stacking the elites with like very loyal um basically very loyal genetic trash who can't like do anything like it's not gonna work out after a while like well, that's yeah everything there's a cycle to everything so you know um yeah. the people will um uh will kind of lose their way you know genetically or whatever for a yeah. while and then they'll become spiritually and it will, yeah, yeah. It, it, there's always something that ends up you know it be because if you're not being challenged uh then you're right. not really like growing and so they're they're going to become basically complacent and st uh, stagnant like which they thing. already kind of have yeah like if if for instance journalism if journalism like if you go to like okay i know like people have problems with them but like say the new journalism of the 70s people like tom wolf and like norman mailer and like you know hunter s thompson to go to like from that to like taylor lorenz it's kind of like that's that's kind of damning, right? Like that's yeah, I see what you're getting at. Yeah. Have people with public consciousness be seated to people like Taylor Lorenz is like what what are we doing as a civilization? Yeah, point, well, right? one, like, thing, one thing that happens is that um oh my my daddy knows somebody or whatever. Yeah. And then that that's like one of the other things. There's so many factors, but yeah, they degrade too in their um uh, they're not yeah. being challenged again. They they'll falter too. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's like what we talked about with the trad thing, right? Like, I mean, that's why people like BAP, like criticize them so viciously because I think like they want this like cozy wholesomeness thing 
Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, um, like, I, I don't know what to make of that debate. Like whether the problem is that we're like, it's not that people are like sexually digits rather that we're not having like, we're like a very like almost asexual society. And that like people like BAP say that like, um, there's like, people are so ugly and degraded nowadays that there is no true, like eroticism. And so I, I don't know like what to make of that debate. I know like a lot of like religious, like trad people have like heavily criticized BAP, um, in his assessment. And like, you know, of course BAP nowadays is like very critical of like the religious trads, but like mm-hmm. I, I can see yeah. like both sides of the point, like both sides of the aisle. Cause like on one end, like as much as we're like, obsessed with like sexuality and like we really have experienced like the pornographic like the pornization how can i put this the pornization like the pornography the pornographic um like social arrangement that we have now like where pornography is everywhere like everything is gratuitous at the same time that leads to like the opposite it leads to like almost like this weird like androgynous asexuality everywhere now that like the proliferation of like gratuitous sexuality is everywhere. Sexuality is nowhere at the same time. Like it's yeah. a really weird time. It's like yeah, a really weird product of 2010 sexuality. Right. So, yeah. Well, I obviously, well, ever everything in my opinion, all, all comes off of us losing a sense of who we, who we are. Right. And, right. and um, you know, the Bible is uh, you know, about a family lineage and that's a that like if you look at a lot of old european art you'll see family trees and stuff like that and people have have lost their ability to focus on that and that's why i mean well and then it just you know to your point um if you can't it's almost like people can't see the spiritual end of things and that like well, well obviously they can't and when you don't then sex loses a lot of its value and it just becomes like this hedonistic thing and then there is no right. sensuality or whatever um yeah anyhow yeah yeah and i think like that's that's a big um like there, like there there really is no like true i think um eroticism left like people confuse pornography with eroticism and i think like that's a big problem and uh yeah yeah um, but anyways, let's, we didn't get to talk about, um, wait, I'm just, I'm just doing something really quickly here for YouTube. So, okay. uh, yeah, I'm just going to publish the content minded, uh, oh, I got monetized for it. So that's, that's pretty good. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I have to work like really hard to like censor different, like all the bleeps and the swear words and yeah. Um, so yeah, wait. So do you have to listen to the whole thing again, or like while we're talking, do you like like write down like oh at you know one hour and twenty minutes we said the um I I uh I try to write it down, but sometimes it just doesn't work. So I have to like I go and I listen to the the YouTube version of it again. Oh, and I edited okay. around, but like the Patreon one, I don't give a shit. Like I just, yeah. But like, I mean, apart from like certain, like certain things I have to censor out, 
mm-hmm. that like someone says something kind of like particularly horrendous, which hasn't like happened Uh-oh. all that often. Like, but I haven't. Am I? No, no, we've been very op- optical, except for like okay. certain <laughs> words here and there. Like even words like the K word, ill, or like. Yeah. Like, that's why I and heroing or like sunsetting or something. I can't say like the actual S word on YouTube, but yeah. like, yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I. That's why I. I've kind of been like I get kind of cloudy in in what I'm talking about because I, I know I have to be very conscious of the words that I'm using. Oh, it's okay. I can just yeah. edit it out like for the YouTube yeah, portion. Okay. Sure, yeah. All right. yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, we didn't get to talk about. I think like your own aesthetic in terms of like the like the the synth wave vapor wave like early 2000s computer mm. like like that's what, what attracted you initially to like like what is the development of your aesthetic of sensibility i think like that that's a good question um i think it's gonna evolve more over time with like my message and i kind of i i kind of strategically you know leaned into it but i also have had an interest in uh, in the vaporwave aesthetic type thing for years. Like probably right. uh, like around the time it came, it, it arrived on the scene. So like, yeah, I wasn't early enough for like 2012, but I would say like 2014 is when I started to notice it. And I've always been a fan of the eighties. I like love the eighties. I love hair metal. I love, you know, even like the 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 crappy pop uh 80s stuff. I I love it. I love it. I just I love the the nostalgic feel there's a feeling to it. It's really yeah. great. And yeah. and it's got cheesy things going on with it, like bad hair, but but it's just such a pure beautiful time in American history, I really think. Like in like the with the culture, like beautiful aesthetic. I, I love it fun aesthetic. So that kind of led me into, uh, into kind of, you know, uh, taking up the, the vaporwave thing, but, um, my true aesthetic, like what I actually really truly like, and what I'd like to express one day, uh, it's not exactly like what I'm showing. It kind of is similar. Like there's some elements where I kind of go off of vaporwave and I kind of go in a different direction. I really like the Wizard of Oz. Like I like technical. Oh really? Yeah, I really like yeah, technical. technical yeah. Yeah. And and like uh, Gone with the Wind. And so oh, yeah. uh, like hyper saturation of colors. Uh, I also like Stanley Kubrick. I think this might be kind of obvious. Um, but yeah, you know, I hope that eventually comes to fruition and I'm able to like express that. But since I'm trying to say something, uh, and it's kind of activistic for me to be doing what I'm doing. I I kind of decided to strategically use a trend that I knew was going to blow up and then it ended up blowing up. So I kind of wanted to like ride it. So yeah, yeah. maybe with some success, but uh, it is a cool aesthetic. So I'm not dogging on Vaporwave as being like something bad, but at this point uh, it's kind of a bit overdone and I'm ready to, you know, kind of, move out of it a little bit you you agree right in some ways yes but i think that like more specifically the 19 like the 1980s that's done that's done okay we're entering the 1990s now Mm. in terms of nostalgia we're entering the stuff that i love by the way um wait so you think the next 
stage that we're going in is the nineties. Cause I actually, we're already here. We're already here. We're I already think, I, I think so too. Um, I think that if, if you were to take on like, um, or, you know, like, uh, uh, do you know, slow dive the band? Yeah. Slow dive. yeah. Yeah. That I feel like that's where we're heading. Uh like sonically. Like, like, sonically you, a revival of shoegaze, like yeah. certain certain albums of the Verve, Catherine Wheel, My Bloody Valentine. Yes. Uh, Dude, we're on the yeah, that that's a validation. Because I think to myself when I when I'm thinking about like what to do next, I'm trying to plan it, and that's the direction I've yeah. instinctually wanted to go. Sets, intelligent drum and bass sets. Uh, yes. Like, yeah. You mean like Aphex Twin? Aphex Twin, LTJ Bunkum, uh, a lot That's... of like the more obscure labels from England that came out of that okay. area. That's uh, like, so fascinating. That DJ Studio set, Bryce, Bryce 3D animation. Like that I do not know. Oh man, the, like if you go to like any drum and bass set and you see those visuals, you could tell when it comes from Bryce 3D. Like you could oh. see the. The early internet, like the early 1990s to the two, early 2000s animation, like that, that, like that, that, like that stuff. Y2K aesthetic, like that is like, oh, injected into my veins, like that's maybe because I like maybe as like the children of the millennium, like, you know, like I think for us, like, I mean, like in December I'm turning 30, right? So, mm -hmm. like, kind of like the core to younger millennial. Yeah. Right. Lana lol. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's like, um, I know I'm going to be an old man, 30 year old boomer. Um, kind of, yeah. You know, the expression 30 year old boomer. No. Oh it's yeah. It's just, no. It's just a meme. Just a meme. Just a meme. Just put it out of your head. That's the, <laughs> it's just a meme. It doesn't matter. I know, I'm, I'm going to be an old man. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, no, but I think like uh, that stuff, I mean, I'm already seeing signs of it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Content Minded Podcast. If you wish to support me and to unlock every full and uncensored version of each week's podcast, please go to patreon.com slash Productions. You will not only get every full and uncensored version of Content Minded, but you will also get exclusive content such as my Giant Reviews series, where I analyze and pick apart various interesting and insightful books or essays. Every episode will be uploaded to Anchor, which will upload them to Spotify, as well as my backup channel on Odyssey. Please look out for new content every single week, and please look out for The Digital Archipelago with me and The Prudentialist. Thank you once again to all of my beautiful patrons. Thank you all for keeping the content renaissance alive. As I always say, God bless and goodbye.